I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We West, Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. The Coach JB. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to a conclusion that it's crazy. Man, I made it Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it one bitty. We never change what's happening. Hurdle and In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson in your Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketable. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much, man. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the games to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the games to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Derek! Man, God, I hate this dang phone line, man. I'm sorry, Jay. I spent all this dang money on this phone line, and the, the signal was horrible. I don't get it. Guess what? All right. Appreciate you. We got a new deal with Mint Mobile. I just saved your whole life in phone drama. Mint Mobile is now a new proud sponsor of the Coach AB Show with Big Smitty. Stop Big playing. Smitty. Your problem's been solved. We got a partnership with Mint Mobile? You talking about Ryan Reynolds Mint Mobile? Stop playing right now. Hold Mint on. Let, let me Google you, this real quick. You can try mintmobile.com slash CoachJB and get three months free when you use the promo code CoachJB. Hey, man, I did, I did a quick Google search real quick to make sure you wasn't playing around. Right, they got plans as low as $15? They got plans for $30 unlimited everything speed coverage data access to 5g unlimited talk text mobile hotspots you can talk in mexico talk in canada and they're built on the nation's largest 5g network are you kidding me jb hey and everyone wants to know how hard it is to switch to your service big wireless wants to think it's hard they want you to think it's hard big smitty but switching a minute is super easy thanks to digital e-sim cards which most phones now have you can sign up and activate immediately right on your phone from the comfort of your own home, Mint Mobile does it all. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. That's why the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty is proud new sponsor using promo code CoachJB. Try MintMobile.com. This is where it's at. We got it, Big Smitty. So, hey, I I'm switching over to Mint Mobile right now, JB. I'm done with this company I'm working with. They, they crazy. The, the, the line, it, it, it never works. The signal is out. And it costs too much money. I'm going over to Mint Mobile, JB, and y'all should do the same. <laughs> Big Smitty, I'm calling you right now. JB, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, clear as day. I hear you clear. The new promo code, Coach JB, right here, three months free. Mint Mobile, try mintmobile.com slash Coach JB and get you there free. Three months off, family deals, all deals, short, fat, skinny, and tall. Mint does it all. 
proud new sponsor. Much love. We'll see you later. Peace. Camp Crystal Lake is in the building. What up, what up, what up? The Real Coach JB. We're here live in the building. It is T. Rich Thursday. Trent Richardson Thursday as he joins us live after a couple weeks off. He's been sick under the weather. T. Rich going to pop in here early. We got big Matt McChesney, big Steve Kim. We're going to break down the college football shambles that it is in as another head coach leaves. We're going to dive into that. Plus, our main man, drunk by the turn, Achille. Big Smitty didn't know if he was a brother, if he was a white boy, if he was Mexican. He covers the Live Golf Tournament as they are in Mexico this week. He'll be calling us live from Mexico as the Live Golf Tournament is getting ready to tee off uh, in their first tournament of the season. We're going to talk about that as well. Plus, we'll see if we can get a little DJ, a little Pat Perez to pop on with them. We'll see. We're going to have that new segment every single week as Drunk by the Turn joins us every single Thursday from a different venue across the country. Taking the show to the next level and golf, live golf, we're going to be covering. So stay tuned for that one today. It'll be the first segment. Uh, shout out to him for popping on. I'll be Thursday morning towards the end of the show. And... Uh, we got a loaded lineup today, as we had Monday and Tuesday. Yesterday, Smitty and I were a little bit under the weather. We had a little bit of a couple of cocktails, and, you know, it was just a monotone show. But we still rocked the house, and we kept it live. I think Smitty recovered. I recovered. Now it's time to go. It's all go time. It's take, take, see, take the E out of go, ego, and he spells go, don't it? <laughs> oh, my part. Remember right there. Remember right there. The reverse psychology right here. See that? Go time. Take the E out of ego. It's go time. And without further ado, let's bring the Mr. Go in. Far East Side, Naptown's finest, Ball State legend, Fox Sports behind the scene doing, AR5 goggle wearing, Lamar Jackson can't do wrong no matter what, saying 317 post road, Far East Side, Big Smitty. Welcome in, man. I like that. I like that. What's going on, y'all? Post Road is in the building, baby. Far East Side, Naptown 317. We back again Thursday morning. Tune in. What are you watching right now? Your favorite radio station and show. Coach JB Show with Big Smitty live on Thursday. And Smitty eats avocado toast in the morning. Hey, hold on, JB. Have you ever had avocado toast? No, I can't do it. Can you please try? Can we put it on tape? white people's shit to a fifth power. I can never do it. I don't know how you've done it. I don't know how you haven't been called out by your homies in the hood. Like, I I just don't see it. If I I ate it, I'd be called out. I I probably couldn't go back to the hood. So I couldn't. I can't do it. But you are white, though. Even though you're from the hood, you are white. So white people's shit is your core. People don't see see me that way. True story. Want to hear a true story? Yep. Keep it all the way real. Don't lie. Head coaching job at Compton College. I got the job, right? And the president, the board of trustees, everybody's black. Everybody at Compton College, right? So I grew up there. I played there. Obviously, my dad went there. Everybody went there. And I take the job as the head coach. And we got a press conference, a little press conference, junior college, a little, not a press conference like nationally, but we had a little thing on campus. So the president and the board of trustees wanted to welcome the new head coach, me. So... 
president comes up there, hood cat, OG, Olympian gold medalist, by the way, Ulysses Williams. So he goes, pops up, gets up there, and he's like, we welcome my boy. He does a little speech, and he's like, he, I come up there. Yeah. And he's like, everyone told me that we hired a white boy as a head coach. And he told, and, and like the way he said it to everybody, he did not, he was dead ass serious. Like, who, who is he? Where is he? Like, as he introduced me. Right. right. That's a true story. So, see, can't go to the hood with Avocado Coast Dog because they don't look at me like that. They look at me like, Whoa. And I, 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 you know what I'm saying? They call me sellout for the black side, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You get sold out in the white side because you have got so. I'm, so I'm, it's a difference, I'm, I'm such a real one, though. I'm such a real one, JB. That it I, is not a real hood base. Look at me. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to change this. You know what I mean? There's nothing I can do to change where I'm actually from, where I actually walk the streets of. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I'm validated. You know what I mean? And we got people in the chat right now. Look at Jazzy Jazz. Avocado toast is the shit. She ain't got no kids, JB. No kids. You know what I mean? CNA hustling, hustling hard. Just got like this got this guy have a bad relationship with a with a with a bum. Now she out here independent doing her own thing. And she said avocado toast is the shit. She know what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, white girl. <laughs> it's really good though, for real. You put the pico over the top. Jada, straight hood. Like Jada, it is no more hood than like South Central LA. Like Jada, just looking at her picture is the epitome of a hood, straight hood girl. She is from the hood. She ain't got no like. There ain't no like. You can't miss on her picture. And yeah. tell me that she's not from South Central, like straight from the bottoms. I can see Jada wearing like a full Dodger all blue fit with the with the the leg sleeves rolled over Probably some red, long though. socks. Probably red, Probably red. Okay, Probably a, a red, full though. angels fit. Where she from? More likely, she's probably red. But you feel you me got, though, right? The full you, baseball you, you fit. Judge, you judge somebody yesterday, Jazzy. Can you judge? Kelly, we already just Kelly before we broke Kelly down like a year ago. This is this is the homegirl now. Her picture, she's just real mysterious. She lets you know what she wants to let you know. Guess who wants to be judged and very upset that you did not judge her though, Lucy? Ooh. Stop it. We, you know, Lucy me and Lucy don't judge her in three years. Well, once you get judged, you can't be judged again. That's just the rule. That's just the rule, you know what I mean? I I didn't rejudge uh uh, uh Jazzy yeah. just now. I was giving y'all we already know about we already know about Lucy though, so I can't go because if I saw the picture right here, this wasn't her original picture though. See, she changed her picture. Lucy's all in, great mother. She got a mother. She raised her kids. She right. goes to college all the time. She yoga, does, yoga enthusiast. Her cheer, her daughter's cheer. So she's the mm. cheer mom. She probably a helicopter mom. She can't get. She can't let her kids go. Mm. She can't let them go. She really monitors them, makes sure that the girl don't mess with any football players. If she yeah. do mess with football players, they got to be scrubs. They can't yeah. be the starter because the starter will do the daughter wrong, and she know that. And then she'll go up there with a strap. And, the, and like, so she, she want to make sure that her daughter messes with the scrubs. Yeah. And then not a starter because a starter, you know, he a player player. Yeah. She makes sandwiches for the team, like honey and like peanut butter sandwiches. She do the orange slices. Mm -hmm. She all that. She is, you know, juices, little huggy juices. Yeah. 
Yeah. She do like re- she she throws huge reunion parties mm. every year. Yep. Capri Suns. Fucking major reunion in the backyard. Like it's a full on fucking yeah. thing. Like this is that mom. Yeah. Capri Capri Suns and shit. You got the kids poking the straw through the back, you know, fucking it up, all type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's um, no doubt. Blake. I, <laughs> hey, Blake might choke your ass out. Like, I think Blake a super duper nice dude. Um, a little shorter, right? So when he was when he was younger, had some a few natural insecurities, which is totally fine. I, I was a chubby guy. I had a natural, we all had insecurities at one point in our life. So because of that, though, instead of just complaining and crying, he said, you know what? I'm going to change that. So he got heavy in the gym, like crazy. He eats right, uh, keto diet. He watches his, he like balances out, measures everything he eats. Everything's in a cup. Like he really truly measures everything he eats, his fucking schedule in the line. He's very disciplined in what he eats, works out all the fucking time. Now his confidence is through the roof. And he letting people know, like, yeah, when I was younger, I was small, but now <laughs> rock with me now. Loves Kansas City. He he swears up and down. They got the best barbecue, but they don't. Um that's it's not even like, like top 10. <laughs> that he but he thinks they do. He thinks it's they actually do. dried out and it's horrible. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's get into this show, man. We got a loaded lineup today. We got to get right into it. We've already wasted 15 minutes, many of you talking. We got 15 minutes now, so go real, real fast in the next 15 minutes. Super fast. Hella time. All right, so first of all, let's get you started with the quote of the day. This is the quote of the day brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, get you 50% off West Welcome Bonus. You got NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, Super Bowl, ready to ride around the corner. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, now. We'll start right there. Nobody can do what we do on this show because we're the surreal show on planet Earth. I haven't talked to Smitty in 24 hours. We were really, really loaded last night. We had to get sleep. We had to recoup. Smitty promoting this thing in Indiana. He's got the ballers and players and club. He got all this shit going on. So we got all kind of shit going on. But let's get you quote of the day. Quote of the day. Challenges are what makes life interesting. Overcoming them is what makes life meaningful. <laughs> Uh, you gotta overcome the challenge. I like challenges, Smith. I like them because they always say, You can't do that, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, really? So, I put a quote on my door. I said, Oh, greatest thing in life is doing what they said you cannot do. <laughs> yep. So, I love challenges. Overcoming them even makes my dick harder. Um, mm-hmm. contrary mm-hmm. to belief, mm-hmm. I got two hitters, two heavy hitters today, Smitty. Brought to you by Prize Picks. Go ahead over to prizepicks.com, prize picks, backslash prizepicks.com. Use the promo code Coach JB. As we are fast forwarding the show, contrary to belief, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Ooh, man. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I can't even say none of that. Like, it's so less strong. Of thinking it's yourself of less. Thinking not is humility. Say it backwards. Oh, you just rewinded that motherfucker. Like less a thinking, it's yourself of less thinking, not is humility. <laughs> now, fast forward. Humility is not thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. Contrary to belief, life, every time you every time you fast forward, I'm gonna fast forward. Life is not a matter of holding good cards, Smitty, but of playing a poor hand well. <laughs> Playing a poor hand way. You gotta know how to bluff. You gotta know how to play it all. You gotta have poker face all the time. You don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm serious. Life is not a matter of holding good cards, but of playing a poor hand well. Life is not a matter of holding good cards, but of playing a poor hand well. Come on, man. JB, I've been I've been bluffing my whole life. 
you don't know what I'm doing right now. Motherfuckers think I'm rich out here. Bluff, but you can't be fake though. Exactly. Because sometimes, sometimes question. I'm not bluffing. Sometimes I'm really, I'm really, I got good ass hands. Sometimes you don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes you don't know what I'm doing though. Poker face. Poll question: Is Micah Parsons on his way to being a bust? No. Smitty Cat, wait to defend Michael Parsons. I can't wait to absolutely demolish this motherfucker and Smitty's take on Michael Parsons right here and live. Start the show off with a poll question. We're not even in the hot part yet. It's fucking crazy to even ask that question. He's already he's already done too much to even be a bust. He already he's already done too much. It's too late. It's too late. He's three years in the league. And he's balled all three years. Double digit sacks. Double digit sacks. In the conversation for defense player of the year. Stop. Stop. That's an interesting take. What is it? What is it? I think Micah Parsons is the most enabled, gifted athlete on the Cowboys. But the enabled part is why he, in my opinion, is the laziest player on the roster. I truly believe he rather prep his time doing a podcast let, let, hear me out. Then to understand the defense in totality so he can play linebacker more or less often and understand that playing linebacker takes a lot more studious time studying every possibility when the tight end's on my side. Are we reducing and going to an overfront? Are we moving in fucking front? The linebackers got to do a lot of that. Micah don't want to do that. Smitty, he wants to do a podcast. So guess what doing the podcast allows him to do? Put his hand in the dirt and just rush the passer. Get upfield. I don't got to worry about the front. I don't got to worry about the coverage. I don't got to worry about who's the back out to my side. I don't got to worry about the tight end reroute. I don't got to worry about mugging the tight end at the line of scrimmage or not. I don't know anything about adjusting the front. I don't want to deal with protections. I just want to rush the passer one-on-one versus the tackle. I believe he's lazy. I believe he'd rather do a podcast because that's what he does best is talk, and he does not show. He was a no-show in the biggest game of his life so far, Green Bay. He was absolute no-show, and it hurt the Cowboys' defense by putting him in one spot when basically you can move him around and put him at linebacker and be multifaceted with the most freakish talent guy on the roster. He refuses to learn the defense, in my opinion. My humble opinion, I think he's taking that as a cop-out so I can just play this and do my podcast. The Cowboys are going to continue to Cowboy. Big Smitty, give me a two-minute rundown out on my rebuttal, and then we're going to dive into Micah later in the show. But go ahead and re- go ahead and give your rebuttal to what I just said. As a former D lineman, uh, you don't need to know everything. See it, see a little, see a lot. At the end of the day, his job is to be a dominant pass rusher for that particular team. That's what he needs to focus That's on. That's not he what he was, though, Smitty. He, he, he just went to that this year. He doesn't need to be. He, he doesn't need to be the middle linebacker calling the strings. Strong left, strong left. Moves to the right, not right, not right. That's not that's not what he's doing. He he is a glorified, he's a defensive end. He's a hybrid defensive end. Don't get me wrong. He stands up sometimes. Every now and then he'll drop back, but he's not the middle linebacker. He's not the guy, you know, with the I, th- I think they call it the was it the green dot? I think is what they called it in the NFL. The guy who actually calls the plays and brings Mike the is in. not a middle backer though. My point being is that, but, but you're, he's talking, outside backer. you're talking as if he should have that. That's our responsibility or you still similar role. Know. Outside backer, you got to know everything. Of course, you got to know it, but then the the you don't. Listen, man. Smitty, you know damn well, defensive end, you just go rush the passer. 
Let's I hear you. I hear you, but that's what that I'm saying. I, I guess my argument is whether he knows or he doesn't know it. I don't know what the man knows. I know well, that I, he I, is I, a veteran for that team. Moment, moment of silence. Okay. It's fucking raining again. Hey, time out. I woke up at like four or something this morning, and you know, my you know, my, my new spot's kind of big, so I, my room is all the way in the back. So I woke up, and I just heard like a whole bunch of noise. I'm like, oh, shit, somebody, somebody broke in. Let me go and get my little thing so I can go take care of them. But I, I focused for a minute. I was like, oh, it's rain. It's pouring hard throughout here. Like, it's been pouring out here for hours. I don't know what's doing. Well, it's rain, dog. I hear all like for six straight days. I got to let it clear up just to get ready for a Super Bowl party that I'm hosting that's going to be better than Smitty's the Indiana fucking party. Nah, so, that Indiana party would be crazy. I ain't going to lie to you. It's going to be crazy. The Indiana thing. I, gotta... I saw you got Justin Jefferson, huh? Justin Jefferson's pulling up, doing the shout, shout out to your boy for for the Viking because we know you didn't have anything to say on that. Yeah. So shout out to, to Sheldon to get him in there. Uh, <laughs> we got Keith, like a hater. We got like, Keith Lee, a hater that, that just skips over you and be like, shout out to Sheldon for getting him in there and like he didn't give me no credit at all. Homie. I, I ain't do shit. Look, I ain't even grind. I ain't even do it. I ain't got nobody invited. I ain't been on the phone with these influencers. I ain't did nothing. Hey, me and my boys used to do that on purpose. Fuck with each other. Like when somebody had a thing, and we just skip right over the motherfucker who's hosting it. Like, yeah, shout out to motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the exact, the exact person. That's a big get though. Yeah, no, it really is. No, I, mean, I was excited to, you know, especially the, the young people, the kids, man. I said we're doing this event for the young folks at the end of the day. So we've been talking to all the high schools. But you can't get them on the oh, show, man. but you get them to your personal event. That's that's cool. Good selfish act. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. We got a kid too. He's, he's uh, doing it for free for the kids. You know what I mean? Kids in here. Uh, <laughs> Hey, hey so JB, look. Hey, JB, go still a go still a kid for, just for the show. Have have him sitting right there in front of him. Just like we know we got kids on the show, Justin. If you need until T Rich gets in here, man. There's a lot to discuss. And I know we started with the poll question. Is Micah Parsons a bust? We're gonna dive into that, but uh drop your comments in the in the chat in the chat. Um Big Smitty, before we get to the thumbnail, which is college football in shambles, and T Rich will join us in perfect harmony. Uh, along with Big Matt McChesney later on and Steve Kim, we're going to get their take on all this on the thumbnail, which has major coaches running for the doors on the thumbnail. I love the thumbnail today. Shout out to Joel Baker. Bailey, by the way, in the behind the scenes, been making some fire thumbnails now. They got our face on them. They they starting to get a lot of traction on the show. Shout out to Bailey busting his ass behind the scenes. I, I, I really love Bailey, man. For I know we like we talk about him, but like he's been the, since I've been on the show. I don't know who you did with before. But he's been the most consistent person we've had, like just a, a hustler. Whatever he, we need, he sits on Derek. Whatever we need, like this man will do everything: graphic <laughs> thumbnails. Derek misspelled the shirt. <laughs> but in a weird way, I appreciate that because it's like it kind of adds humor yeah, to our show. Derek. Derek, Derek is the flavor of the show. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have Derek. Like Derek, 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 like, Derek, Eric with the wrench has one of the most iconic moments on the show. You weren't here yet, Smitty, but a truck driver. I don't know if we can find that clip. Derek, You since you ain't made a commercial in six months, you need to go find that clip so we can show that clip. That clip was one of the best ones. A lot of people in this chat remember it that were here. A truck driver, Smitty, if you see this, you got to see it because you haven't seen it. We got to find the clip. If Eric with the wrench can find it, Isaiah knows. A lot of guys know. One of the greatest epic shits ever, dog. Like, 
He called in was hot over. He, he he would not correct his name. I said, You mean Derek? He was like, nah, Eric with the wrench. I, I said, You mean Derek? He's like, nah, Eric with the wrench, with the wrench on his cause he had a wrench on his name because he was a moderator. Oh, okay. I was like, where did the wrench part come hey, from? Hey, he was a brother, truck driver. This motherfucker was a hot country than a motherfucker. He pulled over the truck on the side driving a diesel truck, homie. Yeah. He who's was, he, was, who's he mad at? He was mad at he was mad at, at Derek. Like, what did Derek at say? Derek, because Derek was typing to him in the chat, homie. Oh. oh, dog. It was one of the greatest scenes of all time. We got to get that and make it a commercial. Got to make it as a commercial. Uh, but college football is in shambles. And another head coach leaves Boston College, Jeff Halfley. Uh, I know Jeff very well. And uh, it's your cousin. I, I, man, I want to tell you what he said, but. Tell He's headed to Green Bay to be the DC, <clears throat> and whew, they're leaving for the door. Man, Harbaugh's out. Halfley's gone. You never would have left a head coaching job at a Power Five school to be a DC at Green Bay. You probably leave a Akron or Ball State. No, no offense to those, but you would leave those guys because guys leave those jobs. Big City. Those guys leave to go to Alabama to be a coordinator. Right. They would definitely go to the NFL. But he don't go to an NFL to be a DC. Uh, it, it is the it's, it's the Green Bay Packers though. Like, this it don't is the most matter, legendary bro. franchise in the NFL. I could argue. Yeah, and, and the NIL was the co- the hammer, the nail in the coffin to me. The NIL issues that's happening right now with suspensions and fines and all this shit and investigations at Tennessee and Harbaugh getting suspended. Dog, there's no way you te- you can't tell me in my heart of hearts that. Saban didn't leave early. Harbaugh didn't say fuck you. And you don't see guys running for the doors. And any NFL opportunity that pops up, they're going. I'm just telling you, they're going to see a lot more. And I wouldn't be surprised if a few more happen here re- in the next few days because McDonald just got the Seattle Seahawks jobs, going to have to hire a coordinator. I would not be shocked if he goes after a head coach. Mm. And clap it up for Mike McDonald. Uh, he's a new head coach for the Seattle Seahawks. Is it McDonald, like McDonald's or McDonald? It's McDonald. Um, yeah, but another coach, you know, another coach that basically has benefited from being titled as a D coordinator, even though I know Harbaugh is that's his shit. This is another coach, like a Mike McDaniel in Frisco, like a lot of these guys in, in, in Minnesota who was McVay's titled offensive coordinator. He got a job. These guys will get jobs. That's a head coach's job. Get you where you could not get yourself. So shout out to Harbaugh to get this guy a job. But let's be honest, this guy hasn't been a D coordinator very long. He's been more of a position guy who got the title. And now guess what? People think he's the reason behind the defense in Baltimore and he gets a head job. That is what it is. So that it is sounds like you're leaning towards he wasn't the reason. And it sounds based upon your tone. And it sounds like you're leaning on the side of you're not confident that he'll be a good head coach based upon your tone. So I am making accusations. I am assuming you did not say that. I'm making that clear. But I'm reading tone. I'm very. I'm a real good you, tone you, reader. You would. You would be correct. So let's move on. <clears throat> so college football's in shambles. We're going to dive into that. But I got to get into a, a morning rant and a make it make sense. Uh, Oh, I'm nervous about this. I already know what you're gonna bring up for make it make sense. I got an idea based upon the week. Do you? What do you think it is about? <laughs> Somebody getting tackled or something by 
a, a dude playing in a woman's board or like. <laughs> nah, we're gonna stay away from that because I saw I heard your tone yesterday and he kind of seemed scared. So we're gonna stay away from it. I ain't never so, scared bone crusher. Let's get into make it make sense. Oh, I love it. I love the graphics. Make it make sense, Mitty. Joel Embiid and Halliburton came out and says they shouldn't play if they're hurt. And the owners forced this upon us, this rule that we have to play a certain amount of games so we can get an award. We shouldn't risk making money, he said, Halliburton. I say you're shitting me, right? The owners finally standing on business, Smitty, and stepped up and said enough is enough. We want to see our stars play because, Smitty, the corporate sponsors who fund us now are getting pissed off sitting in the press box and can't see Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, etc. play on a nightly basis. Kudos to Adam Silver for putting this in. But, Adam, I know why you did it. Adam, you did it for money. Money talks and bullshit walks, and you know you got to appease those corporate sponsors because no longer does the fans matter. The NFL showed you. Now the NBA showed you. So make sure there's make no mistake about it, Adam Silver. We know why you're doing it. But, but I also don't feel bad for these players. You can't show up to work every day without missing a game that you make millions of dollars at players. I don't feel bad for you at all. Now, if you're injured, we know why you're injured. We know you're injured, and you will have an injury report that says he cannot play. But if you're hurt, we've done it forever, dog. Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas and everybody like Magic and Larry and all the players free before did it. They played 80-plus games. Jordan, Kobe, everyone's done it. Dwight Howard never really even missed games. We've seen it happen. It can happen. You have you have. You have luxury jets now by yourself. They used to fly charter, Smitty. Charter with just you and I, regular Joes, talking to him on a plane, United, motherfucking helicopter. It could have had the, like, Major League Baseball had duct tape on the goddamn window. Now they got private charters. Like, look at Dallas. The Dallas Mavericks jet is, like, triple-decker, jacuzzi. Like, if you can't do a game back-to-back and play making all that money, Come on, man. To me, it just screams entitlement. And listen, when you pay people this much money, you're going to have entitled cats. And that's just the truth of the nature. So that's not the player's fault. I'm just saying, if you're going to pay them this much, make sure you understand you give them an inch, they're going to take a foot. And that's what they've done. Now, Smitty, he's trying to rule the motherfucker back and change some rules on you. And now you're going to get fight back because now we're we, we're used to being able to miss this many games for no reason. And now you're going to have some problems. I like it, though, because eventually you're going to have to shock treat some people. I hope the NFL does it as well. Later on in my rant, you and I are going to dive into that. But where you at with this Joel Embiid and Halliburton thing? Baby, you got the quote from Halliburton, what he said? Um, I think I sent it to you. I think it's stupid rule. Like plenty of the guys in the league, but this is what the owners want. So as players, we got to do our job and play in 65 games if we're able to. 
That sounds like the epitome of entitlement. Like, we got to do our job. Yeah, like, doesn't that sound like that? And, and, I, and I actually like Halliburton. Like, he I, he was at the Drew League. Like, like he seemed like a cool dude, but I just, uh, we, we got to do our job. Yeah, you got to do your job. Motherfucker, we all got a job. That's why <laughs> he came on the show. Hey, man, man, like, was 100 million, Smitty, but, man, today I just can't play that ad, dog. I just. I guess I gotta play that, but fuck. <laughs> I guess I gotta get some people some new telephone, but shit, man, that hundred million ain't enough. Like, what? You gotta do your job? I wish the Walmart worker fucking could sit out. Like, like I don't understand. No, I wish it. I could sit out. They hold on, time out. And they not even saying you can't sit out. You still got 17 games that you can sit out. <laughs> to me, the title slapping the first. Slap me in the face. Now, if they said you had to play 78 out of 82 or so, all right. But, like, you still can miss, like, a good portion of games. It's not like they're just saying, like, you can't miss nothing. And what the did Embiid say, Bailey? Did Embiid say something, too? I think Embiid said something very similar. I think, well, I think Draymond said something on his podcast about Embiid. I think Philly paid go to state the other day, and Joel Embiid, they claimed he wasn't fully healthy going into that game. And what happened was he ended up getting worse because somebody fell on top of his leg and now he's actually out. Um, so they're saying, I dream I made some weird comment like, if Joe Joel didn't play, maybe he don't get hurt. But that don't really make sense because it's not like he got like a non-contact injury or something that, you know, a, a hamstring pull or something like that. Someone fell on his leg. So whether he set out the day before or whatever the case may be, that can happen at any point of a, of a, of a season. So I don't understand the injuries. I, I got to ask you, you get a, you get to be around these cats as, as, and you see them in the real life at the Drew Leagues and in Compton and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I got to ask you, like, what? why do you think they think they're the only ones on planet Earth who work? Mm. That not that entitlement in its finest? Like, I'm trying to figure out, how are they the only ones thinking that they actually are working people when the guys that used to pay your salary and still pay a portion – Fans, common fans who have a kid, two kids, three kids, a wife, they saved up for six months to come see Kyrie Irving dribble and cross you over, and then you sit out that day. You sit out that day, and they paid $2,000, which was hard-earned money. And this is why I do love the fact that KG and Barkley and Shaq and Paul Pierce and them come out on their shows and say the exact same things I'm saying. Like, you have a private jet now. You can lay back, relax. Six, seven-footers can now lay down. We had to stay crunched up like this and play, and then get off and play a back-to-back in a new city every night. And I'm like, and I'm glad they're letting their counterparts know. These young and able cats know. Motherfucker, you couldn't have done what we've done. You couldn't have did what we did. You couldn't have traveled like we had to on a shitty plane and cobble up and get off and in a shitty hotel. We had to do all that shit. You guys have the lap of luxury plus quadruple our money. What we made, you're quadrupling it, or if not more than that, probably. So probably 10 times. Magic Johnson made a million dollars a year, dog, towards the end of his career. Michael Jordan, till the end, when he came out of retirement, they finally gave him $30 million, but he was making $2 million a year. So to me, it's a complete joke. And I'm just like, dog, the slap in the face of the forefathers in this profession and the game itself, the game is giving you this opportunity. You can't play in a game back to back. I just, I wish the construction workers and the 
and the and the and the nurses and the doctors can just say, hey, I'm out for the week. Right. And, and, and see how many motherfuckers just die and get sicker and, and, and business stops being built and your home that you bought is not going to get built on time. And I wish that they would realize that shit. See, they're so enabled that they just have a, so much money. They just say, hey, agent, go buy me that mansion. I like that mansion. Go get right. that for me. And they ain't got to worry about the construction worker making it. They're separated from reality. That's a good point you just made. You know what I mean? Because you got so much money, like, there's nothing that you're actually doing. You're, so you, you pay for anything that you want, and you have someone else handle it for you. So, And when you want something done, you want it done right now, as fast as possible. If it's late, if they're missing the day, you're pissed off, you want your money back. But when it flipped and it's your time, to, your turn to work, you want to make an excuse. Like, and listen, I'm a, you guys know I usually side on, on the side of the players, but with this, I just can't do it because at the end of the day, this is what this is your career. This is your your job. You get paid to play. That's what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed to love the game that you play. But I guess that's that's probably gone gone out the window. But me as a player, I wanted to play just because I'm a competitor and I want to be out there. Whether I'm sore as a football player too, we don't want to hear none of this shit because we all we always hurt. We always hurt. We're we're never not hurt ever. That's why I'm glad Kendrick Perkins said what he said on McAfee because he said these guys play with broken toes, ribs. He said we get a hang now, we out. My guy, my guy James Jones called NBA players soft yesterday on this topic. Literally, I, I posted this morning. He said they're soft. That's he said the rules in play because y'all soft. Like the only reason why Adam Silver made this rule is because y'all kept y'all was overdoing it. Y'all was sitting out too much. Yeah, but here what I scream from this right here though, what it screams to me is. 65 games is causing us to get hurt. That's what screams out at me. Right. Like, what? All right. Listen, play play the Draymond Green thing, Bailey. Let's hear what he had to say. Very much so because of the 65 game limit. Well, I think it's actually quite bullshit. Guys didn't face those rules before, but those same NBA all NBA teams, those same MVP awards lists, uh, defensive player of the year, those lists are the same. I once lost um, a defensive player of the year award to Kawhi Leonard, and I think he played 51 games. In turn, um, you get Joel, who comes out there tonight, and he forces it. And freak play with him and uh, J.K. diving for the ball, but maybe it's not as bad if the knee isn't already banged up. I don't really bang with it. And now we got one of our premier faces in this league, the MVP of our league, possibly hurt for an extended period of time because he's forcing it. Draymond, no, Draymond, that's what you do in sports. You force it something, unless you literally just literally injured. Like, I, I tore my shit. Like, I can't do it. Other than that, yeah, you play. Yeah, my ah, my knee sore. Go play. My ankle sore. Go play. I got a big, man, a lot as a D lineman, for whatever reason, a lot of my forearm would get hit. And I would have a big ass, like, this whole shit would just be swollen. I played. Fingers off, tore up. Buddy tape it. You play. I know football players, D-Lyman will play with a full cast on because they broke their wrist. You play. So I, I just don't understand. If you're actually injured, yeah, don't, don't duh. But if you if you can go play, you play. Kobe Bryant would be hurt all the time. Broken fingers, all type of shit. He playing AI as small as he is. You guys remember the commercial? It was a, I think it was an old commercial where it showed all the Alan Harris's injuries. Would always go out there and play 
as athletes, you do force it because you love the game. You get paid a certain number to force it, and the fans as well. I don't understand. Like, what are we? Man, did you see the hockey? I know you don't watch hockey because you're racist. Oh, oh, I love. That's my favorite sport. Okay. Uh, Well, we race a show, and we 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 don't do hockey here. But listen, this is the cold part. There's a motherfucker the other day who got slashed across his face, dog, with a with a with the fucking uh, blade. Blade. Fifty five stitches. This motherfucker got in the back room and was in the game in the second period, homie. He played in the second period with a whole fucking face cut. Dog, last year I did a video. I don't know if we can find it, but I did a video that was so fucking comical. I think it was. Uh, Mitchell or one of them for one of them Cleveland uh Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker got an eye like this. Like, like, this motherfucker. Ah, he got like he got shot on me. Like this motherfucker got shot from the upper deck by a sniper. And the motherfucker was like, ah! No, they carried the motherfucker out of the arena, homie. He had a fucking <laughs> He got graves like this. This motherfucker acted like he got shot. I truly believe they want to get out of the game. Tom, did you see? Le- <laughs> you see LeBron same situation the other day. Uh, De- Dylan Brooks like hit him in his head a little bit. This motherfucker on the ground. He laid out. Oh, oh, he, yo, he, he had the ref like really mad that he ain't called it. He ain't get him ejected. Like LeBron was pissed. He was heated. I'm like, damn, y'all really? And listen. I, I get basketball is not like a contact sport technically or whatever. And maybe as football players, we're just we're just numb to that. I am I am admitting my bias and maybe JB's bias as a football guy. He was a quarterback in the old school where he got hit a lot. I was a defensive lineman where every single play was a car crash. So I think for us, it's very hard to have sympathy for a guy who's in fingers in a face, pause, or they got a little sprained ankle. It's just hard for me to really understand that because literally after one week of practice in the summer, we are all hurt. Maybe not even one week, but like for the rest of the season, best believe we are hurt. Trust me. <laughs> after you put pads on, you know, JB, I'm hurt. Like I'm I'm not, I'm never, I'm never just 100% after that point. And these players today, they talk as if they need to be 100% to play. And if you're 88 or if you're 90, you're Forcing it. Come on. Big Smitty. Big Smitty. It's an absolute joke. Who came back this week? Did you hear? Who came back? Ben Simmons. He came back and played the other night. Did you see? He played? He played his first game (gasps) two nights ago. Ben Simmons playing two nights ago. It's like the equivalent of like, I'm trying to think. like, Like him playing is so rare. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that like that's a, that's a bigger shock than not. But hold playing. up! But he played two nights ago, and then he missed yesterday. No, he did. <laughs> Jason, I'm gonna call you Jason. No, he did. He missed yesterday. Said he couldn't, couldn't work, couldn't go. His back was stiff. He couldn't actually go back to back. You need to retire, man. If they, if this is true. Bailey, can you please find it and pull it up? I'm not lying to you, dog. No, I know. I believe you. I'm saying, I'm saying. I I know. I'm just saying. He played a game. I think he had like 12, 8, and 10 or something. Like a fucking, almost a triple-double. And he did not play yesterday. You know what? Ben Simmons has been like this. The more I. Dog. Even in college at at LSU. LSU was a lot of signs of him not really loving the game. 
So I'm not really surprised right now, man. This 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 dude, it's just a waste of talent. It's a waste of talent. There is nothing worse than a waste of talent. My daddy told me I was a very young kid, and that is true to this day. I used to preach that to my players. There's nothing worse than a waste of talent. Nothing. Nothing. I don't I really don't believe there's anything worse than a wasted talent. There's nothing better than a broad with no teeth. There's nothing worse than a waste of talent. It's true. Um, all right. I got a morning rant, Big Smitty, to wake your ass up. See, that white box has, we could type in that thing, it seems like. That white box, there's a white box right there. I want to put, like, something in there, like Smitty says something, or I don't know. We got to figure that out. Um, could be your topic. Could be your topic. Like, you let Bailey know, hey, tomorrow I'm going to have a rant on why Lamar is actually the best quarterback in the league. Because that Lamar is the GOAT. That white box. That box. Well, I actually like that. It's white, though. I don't know. I was thinking that, Betty, can we make that box black and make the text white? Or does it have to be white? I want majority of it to be black, if possible. I. That's why. Why is it that the pool ball, when you play pool, the ball that hits the last ball and the white ball hits the black ball in the hole? Have you noticed that a white? That, but you notice that a black bowling ball hits the white pins in last? Ooh. Have I you also that, noticed that a lot of shit? I did some racist stuff that both parties thought of when they made those sports you think a black man started bowling i think so yep and the thing is so i'm not so okay. mad smitty he was literally thought of that shit like during like prohibition he thought he's like let me get this motherfucker put some white motherfucking crackers down there i'm gonna fucking roll this black ball he was hot and then on the other side then the motherfucker created pool mm. it was like you notice the eight ball has a white eight yeah and do. Mm. I yeah, know a lot of shit is like considered black is like negative. Well. Why is the black well the killer well? Thank, that's all I'm about to say. Hold on. Why is black ice like the, the negative ice? Like when I'm driving, black ice is the shit that you're scared of. Mother say I'm in the black. What that mean? I'm just saying it's a lot. Neg- negative. What the red means what? Positive though. And white people turn red when y'all talk. We turn pink. Y'all turn we, we pink, red, same shit. <laughs> White people get pink. Uh, blood be flowing. We, we we see y'all blood travel. Like, I see your face around. You got blood everywhere. I see all your shit. But, you know, I growing up, though, I used to do so many brothers wrong on a basketball court. I, God, I was so – they called me Great White. Ooh. And a Great White Shark is also a killer. I heard J-Kid used to give you buckets, though. I ain't gonna, from, I heard J-Kid, from a little – I hacked the shit out of J-Kid. And that's yeah, why I, you hacked him. I, I, I had to guard. No shit. It's true story. I had to guard Jason Kidd, Jock Vaughn, Mad Dog, uh, Mark Matson. Hold on, Mad Jason, Mad Dog. Yeah. Okay. Jason Van Horn. I mean, Ooh. I mean Keith Van Horn. Ooh, he was a hooper. Uh, I had to guard. Baron Davis was a younger kid, but he was playing with uh, with uh, he had another guy on his team uh, at, at Crossroads that time who played. They both uh, they played Austin Crozier. Oh, so Pacer, Austin, former Pacer. Yeah, yeah, former Pacer. I had to guard all these motherfuckers, and I I didn't get to play a lot because I was just a football guy that came out to give them hacking fouls and be asshole, and that's yeah. what the head coach wanted me to do. Okay, hey, right. we had to play some dudes. Because Cali hoops, let's be honest, is the best state for hoops. Like we got the most NBA guys. Let's just keep. Well, it up. you you have the largest population, so by numbers you will have more yeah. people. But per capita, Indiana, I mean, yeah. not even a conversation. Yeah. Um. All right. Morning rant, Smitty. 
Give us the give, show us the picture again. We got to recap it. We got the white box in there. I want to see the white box, Bailey. Um, yeah, like, but it is black. A lot of black behind there, though. I like that shit. Yeah. Um, all right, McSmitty. The NFL Pro Bowl <laughs> is a complete and utter joke. Let's just be honest. Um, it is a slap in the fucking face to the forefathers, and it has become so soft and watered down, Smitty. That Mahomes can't play. Guess why? Why? Because he's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Lamar Jackson opted out because what? AFC Championship. No, he doesn't want to waste his time. He was the alternate. He was supposed to play with Mahomes. Him, those two were the starters. You know, they they yeah. they were they didn't they both opted out now. Well, one's playing in the Super Bowl because ironically you have the game. There's so many bads negatives to this thing. <laughs> um. So Lamar opted out. So he didn't want to waste his time. And then Josh Allen said, fuck no. I'm playing in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am Golf Tournament. That's real talk, Smitty, just so you know. He said no to the Pro Bowl. I'm going to play in a golf tournament in Pebble Beach, California. So they turned to none other than Gardner Minshew. Yeah. The 70s porn star looking, great job filling in guy in Indianapolis. Shout out to Gardner for accepting the bid and going up and showing up for work, unlike the NBA players do. Why are we playing this game at this, at this time, A, Smitty? Why are we playing the game at the same time as the Super Bowl, A, why don't we just put the players on a piece of paper and say you are first team, Smitty, JB, your second team, Matt, your third team, like high school and college does? Because at this point, it is a joke. It's a flag football game that is a joke, and you took it away from being a spectacle. You took it away from being the all-eyes-on-you event after Super Bowl – Go to Hawaii, take the fam bam. It used to be a complete family, real thing. You had a little fun and games, and then you had the game that they actually hit in. It was competitive. They all got 10 grand. Now they're getting more money, and they don't even have to play. They get to play flag football, and it's an absolute joke. Two years ago was an absolute joke in pads. And then they went to they, – the last year they said, all right, these guys aren't going to hit. Let's put them in flags. And now it's a joke where they, you're not even getting your best players to show up to a fucking event, Smitty. Like, I don't know how many more bad things I can say about it. Like, when is Roger going to do some retracting and do what Adam Silver just did and put in some new rules that we used to have, the really old rules, but put them back in and get this game back to what it was? Let's get it back to Hawaii. Let's fucking get everybody back there after the season, after the Super Bowl champions have been crowned, get the best players in the game, or scrap it all together, dog. You got to scrap it at this point and make it plaques. Give out a plaque. Give out an award. Hang it up. That's what. Hang it up. Patrick Mahomes, you're the first team quarterback. You're the or, or whatever, whoever the three quarterbacks for the starters are. The the second team, the third team. Put it on a plaque. It is what it is. Stay healthy. Stay safe. If that's what you're going to do, don't pay him, though. But give him a plaque. Let him know you're a pro bowler. You're a first teamer. Blah, blah, blah. 
this is a joke. Like, who's going to, who wants to see, no offense to Gardner Minshew. I love him. I think he's epitome of a footballer. Like, but who's going to watch him at the fucking Pro Bowl when, when you've turned down Josh Allen, 50 touchdowns, Lamar, excitement, but Mahomes just being him. What, why would you want to go see Gardner Minshew? That's like going to the All Star game and LeBron, KD, Booker. Stay. Everybody said, you know what? I'm not, I can't do it. And then we got fucking, we got fucking Austin Reeves. We got fucking Luke Walton. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing, homie? Like, I don't get why the fans don't say enough is enough. I'm not doing nothing about it no more. I, I, I don't get it, man. Can't I complain? You know, we used to be first team, second team, Smitty, and that was it. We're not going to have a game because, you know, so the Pro Bowl just is a slap in the face. I, I think you got to scrap it at this point because I, I can't believe you sold out the Vegas arena last year for a flag football game. That tells you, screams to you, like Tank Johnson said, this is corporate sponsors at its finest paying for that now, and it's a cover-up. And now we think that the fans are really going. Fans ain't going. You got a few fans in the front row that they probably ticketed so you can have, like, it looks like they're drinking beer and shit, but then everything else was bought by corporate sponsors and paid for guys to go. It is a joke. It, we're getting bamboozled right in front of our very eyes. The, the Pro Bowl is a mockery. No, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I mean, you got, you know, people getting voted as Pro Bowl alternates. And the thing about it, like, in, like I think I said this maybe the other day, like in 20 years from now, when the young people who are kids now, once they become like my age and your age, and they're having debates about the current players, they're going to look at things like how many Pro Bowls did this guy get? And they'll say, oh, Gardner Mitchell got a Pro Bowl. This quarterback did. He's got, he, he, he has to be better. And it's like, damn, like we just giving away Pro Bowl. So that's so that's number one. Number two, but it's flag football. And I just think with the culture of football, football has become softer just because of just the the soccer moms complaining, the whole CTE scare and scandal with the NFL and them and Goodell and, and the league having no choice but to try to like save face and make it seem like they're putting real effort towards making the game safer which has trickled down to all levels. So even a couple of weeks ago, they were considering removing tackled youth football here from California. Luckily they didn't, but they were considering that. And it's all connected from the, the top to the bottom. So I just think that's why we're at a point now where it, it is flag football. And also, like you stated, the players last, especially last 10 so years were not taking it serious. They were not hitting. And I honestly, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I fully blame them. No, it's the end of the year. The season's over. I've already did my did my due diligence. A lot of these players are up for like big contracts and new money here in the offseason. Why the hell will I go out here and injure myself in the pro in a Pro Bowl game that literally doesn't matter at all? Like does not matter at all. You got a bigger chance of getting hurt in a flag game than you do in this fucking real. Pack. That's true too. That's true so like, too. I, honestly, I, I, running I mean, around, yeah. A little hypocrisy on not not that you're saying something hypocritical, but the NFL's rules are hy yeah. hypocritical. Like the the. The, still biggest, get hurt. the most known injury in NFL Pro Bowl history is Edwards for the New England Patriots, who spiral fractured his leg in the Sand Beach flag tournament in Hawaii years ago to why they started to change the rules. Guess what? You were playing flag football in a sandbox and your running back, a Pro Bowl running back, blew out his knee so catastrophically that it ended his career for the most part. That was in a flag football game in a sandbox prior to the real game in pads. So let that sink in. 
So, like, I'm trying to figure out why, to your point, like, don't play it then. But, again, then I, I, I cringe at that fact because we've played it our entire life. We played it. Uh, the Sean Taylors of the world are rolling over in his grave because he used to fucking hit you in the mouth in a Pro Bowl game because the winners used to get paid money in the Pro Bowl, and the winners were actually playing that out. Guess what? You didn't blitz. You couldn't be in certain personnel groupings. There was no, you know, that was the rules, which was cool. Now, you know, we don't got to do a lot of thinking. We're not going to have to slide protections and all that shit. We don't want to, we want to chill. So we're just going to go play football, but it's going to be in pads and we're going to put in a few plays and you're going to run a base defense. We're going to run a base offense. That's what the Pro Bowl was, but we're hitting and they were good games and kickers mattered in the game and, it was a real thing. Nowadays, we're asking to not eliminate it because of a bag of money. Guess what, dog? You signed up to play this game. You're getting the opportunity to get that money. Whatever comes with that is in there. When I was a teacher, Smitty, I had to go to the Christmas party, and I had to go to the church, and I had to go do all these extra things. Guess what? That was all included in my contract. I had to go do those things. What is different? Like All the, all the Pro Bowl was included in the contract. <laughs> That's the thing about it. I, it used to be. Because you got to earn that. And if you earn it, then you make a decision if you want to. But it was not. in there that if you make it, you have to do all obligated things to if you make it. Like, you are obligated if you make it. If you're a beneficiary of possibly getting an extra 100 grand or 10 grand, then you need to go in the contract. But the that thing is, to- they were doing it, but you can't control effort. Smitty, it used to also be you can't be on a motorcycle in the offseason. You can't be on a jet ski in the offseason. You can't be swimming with sharks. Like, that used to be a real thing. And you've seen the Tatises and all these guys in Major League Baseball blow out their shit on a a jet ski worth $300 million. They took that out, too. Again, player empowerment rules the day. And that is what has happened. And it's like... Now the NBA is trying to get some of it back and reel it in, and now you're getting fight back from the players who you've already enabled. So now it's like, ooh, it's going to be interesting on that front. When I when I when I know when the NBA goes to the players' union and they start to, they're going to negotiate their new deals and they're going to say, we want to miss whatever games we want to miss. Like it's going to be a fight because when you change and then you change back and then you realize you fucked up and the owners are pissed and the press box people that pay millions of dollars are pissed. Now you have a problem, Houston, which in the NBA is called Adam Silver. In the NFL, it's called Roger Goodell. So you have a problem, Houston, when you try to change back to the way it should be after you've already given all your fucking power away to the players. So it's going to be a very interesting fight, um, to say the least. But let's dive into the thumbnail. College football is in shambles, Big Smitty. Uh, Big Matt can't join us. He's got some sick kiddos. Uh, He just texted us. Uh, Steve Kim's going to come on. T-Rich supposed to be on right now. I don't know where he's at. Uh, um, T-Rich. T-Rich texted me this morning like, I'm I'm ready to roll. (laughs) T-Rich ain't doing it. Matt ain't joining. Steve Kim got, got some shit going Man, on. He made a girl cry. He not coming. He ain't coming. Hopefully uh, Liv Golf can't show up because Liv ain't going to have. He's going to be out this ball. Right? <laughs> uh, all right. College football is in shambles. Uh, Keith Smith said he can hop in. Keith Smith? Let's, let's bring him in. I do want to guess. Yeah, call, call in, Keith. 
I kind of want to talk to Keith. He's never called in. I want to see if he really looks like I truly don't want to see Keith's face. That's my cousin, bro. He's good people. He's good I don't want to see Keith's face. That's I think dude. I want to slap the shit out of Keith. Shout out to Emmanuel Moreno. Best show out there. 990 Nizan. Appreciate you, my guy. Fat, I don't want to see Fat Keith because I, I, it's he, I get a lot of female vibes. <sighs> Not not in like a way that he's female, but like, you know, he got the saggy titties. He like like he's like and he looks real nice. So Smitty, he looks like a super nice guy and he's probably like but it's like you you just wanna grab his titties like a bitch, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just I I like wanna grab his titty like you know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's get into football shambles. Football is in shambles. I gotta do my coffee. I really had coffee right now because I don't have the unlimited cup like you. You got the unlimited cup on CoachJBStore.com. I don't have the unlimited cup, and I I ran out. Mr. Unlimited. Go get you unlimited cup. It was cold. Yeah, shit, my shit cold, too. So I, I, I get, my coffee was cold, though, and you, that's nasty. I can change the temperature on mine, though. I can, if I need some hotter water to, to soothe the throat, Paul, I can do that. If I need it cold to just drink it, I can do that as well. So cool little setup. Football's a shambles, college football, Smitty. Another head coach leaves. What? Jeff Halfley, Boston College head coach, said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm out. Green Bay said, come on, be my D coordinator. Leave your Power 5 conference head job and come be a coordinator for a coach who probably is not a lame duck anymore in LaFleur because of what they did beating Dallas. Uh, but I look at it like smoke and mirrors. Like, you beat Dallas. Dallas is who they are. They got Micah Parsons' podcast. That's really all they are. They don't – it wasn't a huge win after you look at it. Beating Frisco would have been a fucking – that's what they should have did. Um, Green Bay could be argued – Green Bay Detroit could be in the Super Bowl right now. Um, I don't know if he's a lame duck because of those victories late, how they played. Jordan loves uh, – matriculation uh, how he's 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 grown and gotten really really good uh one of the best creepies in the league over the last eight to nine weeks uh so it's not a lame duck so he's leaving boston college will be the dc and green bay he's probably going to be there at least two years um he's been in the nfl before halfley has so he's under familiar um but he left and you can't sit here and tell me in my gut instinct of gut instincts, he didn't leave for a reason. And that screams NCAA non-caring assholes of America has just begun to ruin the sport. They're ruining, ruining this sport. And I don't know if college football that doesn't have a commissioner Smitty like the NBA and Adam Silver NFL and Goodell Who's going to reel this thing back in and change like we're talking the NBA and NFL doing? There is no college football commissioner. There is nothing but individual conference commissioners that have now said, let's get rid of the NCAA. What do you do now that you see these coaches that are head coaches at Power 5 schools starting to leave? I don't think it's over. I think you're going to have more and more do it. And I think that um, – I predict there's going to have two to three more leave before before too long. I, I, 
in the next few weeks. Whoever hires Washington is going to have to go into college and get a coach, not for the head coach, but for coordinators. And then this hire in, in Seattle, getting an offensive coordinator, you're either going to go find a young quarterback coach somewhere or something, or you got to go college and get you a head coach that has been an offensive-minded guy. So, and you ain't going to get Sark and you ain't going to get Lane. So who are you going to get in college? And that is what I think the problem's going to be. So I don't know. Take it away, Smitty. But the college football is in shambles. And I'm telling you that right now. That is from word of mouth, from the words in the mouths of head coaches that I talked to in the last two days. Wow. Well, that thing matriculated. I will say this, man. One person's trash is another person's treasure. And I said it to say this. We get that the game has changed. We don't like a lot of it. Some of it we like, some of it we don't. But it is what it is. Games have changed. The college landscape changed from the 70s to the 90s, the 90s to 05, 05 to the the 10s, and and, and now. And I just think when change happens, you either adapt or you get out. And if you don't like it, cool, go do something else or go coach in the NFL if you have an opportunity or go get another career. But my point being, I guess my take at this point is that we, we, we I'm a solution-based person. So we got two, we there's two thoughts behind it. You either just complain and 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 cry and moan about the about the way it is now. It's not gonna be the it's never gonna be the same, and I don't like it, or you adapt and you adjust. So yeah, you might be right. Might be a lot of these uh coaches leaving, um, guys who are very well respected in the college sports. Um, which I have none, nothing but respect for. But if they leave, that just opens up the door for a lot of these young, hungry coaches who are maybe a little bit more closer to the age of the actual players, you know, 29, 28, you know, and, and they can understand the landscape a little bit more, and they're more comfortable with the current landscape because they don't have, you know, a decade plus, two decades plus of experience of the old way. So the new way is kind of like what they know anyway. So, I mean, I, I get it. It's It's tough for... Uh, for people who've been in the game for a long time, I can understand even for you, Coach JB, a guy who's been coaching for so long, how just the way the thing is can be just very tough to grasp. But I just think it opens up the door for a lot of these younger coaches, and 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 and, and that that will breed and we, that will breed the the future the future goats. And there was one point in time where Nick Saban was young, you know what I'm saying, and, and we didn't know he was going to be Nick Saban of who he is now. So, you know, on the bright side, I, I got to pause you. Okay. I got to pause you on that, though. Nick Saban became who he was because of who he worked for and the grind that he had to go through. You are talking in a sense that these cats are going to just get the job and learn on through osmosis. That's not how this thing works. He, they're not going to have a mentor to mentor them. So they're going to lack something in between the Nick Sabans and the Pete Carrolls and all those things, which were the older mentor in this equation. They don't have that no more. We're giving young guys jobs just to give young guys jobs to say young guys have a job. Mm. There's mm. no fucking learning the system anymore. Now we're giving GAs coordinator roles who never put an offense in, defense in, schemed a defense, schemed an offense, put a scouting report together, structured an environment that is conducive to winning. That goes from the locker room to the wrap on the walls to the quotes and the mission statements. We're, we're adding to the problem, in my opinion. We are making it even worse, and this is why. You don't have young lead the young. Only the young that leads the young are lions. We don't have lions anymore, Big Smitty. 
We got cubs, and they haven't been taught how to go get food yet. They haven't learned how to hunt yet. You know what they learn? How to be cool with their fellow player so that they think I'm cool guy, and they won't figure out that I got to be asshole guy to get this kid to grow up and become a man. No, we're going to be cool and coddle them and say how great they are and don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, and they're going to end up leaving anyway. And I don't believe we're teaching these guys anything by putting these guys in these spots so early. And that goes for the NFL as well. We're putting these guys in spots that have been titled coordinators, but they have yet to really coordinate. And that is why you're seeing little things like the Fangio and the Mike McDaniel thing being oil and water because, ah, I I see you, Mike McDaniel, allowing your players to go out in Miami nightlife and not really take this serious. I go to practice the next day and cuss out my players for not knowing what the fucking scheme is. And then I find out they're at Miami nightlife all night. And Mike McDaniel says, hey, get younger. I need more rah-rah. <laughs> that is the fire and ice that we're facing, in my opinion. And I know that's for fact what I'm saying because I'm hearing it and talking to it. Here's a quote. Here's a text right now. Goes with what you've been saying, JB. It's becoming unbearable to coach in college. I said, come out to the Super Bowl party, man. Blah, blah, blah. He comes back and says, I just got a new job, but this is a fucking joke. Quote, unquote. Won't tell you who it was. Won't tell you who said it, but it's someone of high significance. And he's talking about college football. It is a fucking joke is exact quote. Now, Big time OG coaches that say that, dog. There's a problem. I, I'm just saying there's a fundamental internal issue. And these guys went out, Smitty. They went out. And when they go out, Smitty, boom, you're gonna see the explosion. Now that's not I'm not gonna say all it's gonna all and I'll agree to you. What does that mean? That's that's I'll, my question. What does I'll that mean? It's gonna take years for it to be where. Your point is, okay, the new young guy's taking over, blah, blah, blah. It's never going to be the same, but it's going to be the norm now. And But it's going to be years away. And we're all going to be looking at some young guys roam the sideline. We got a bunch of fucking – I think you're going to have a bunch of fucking, uh, you know, too many Indians – or too many Chiefs, not enough Indians is what we're going to have. And when you have that, there's no hierarchy. Player empowerment's only going to just sizzle out over the top. And I believe you're going to have what we have. You're going to have more transfers than ever. You're going to have more fucking bits and moan. You're going to have less accountability. You're going to have less professionalism, less culture. And college football, the USC's and the Blue Bloods and the Michigans and Ohio State's will mean absolutely nothing. They'll, it'll mean nothing anymore. It'll be straight pay to play. I don't care where I go. Oh, Ohio State, cool. Like, you get kids now that are so entitled that they, they – Ohio State don't mean shit, Big Smitty. USC don't mean shit. I can't even imagine a Ball State where cats grew up in Muncie or in in, in that area and are like, fuck, Ball State's my, my dream school. I want to go. Now they're like, Ball State? Like, he grew up in Muncie and was like, hell no, I'm going to fucking Ohio State. Right. Like, right. they're paying. They ain't not paying me, dog. I got to go to I gotta go to Ohio State. I think you're going to see the implosion of college football. And – I'm just telling you. The thing is, though, Jack, like, I feel what you're saying. You know, it's always a, it's always a shift when the old leaves and the new comes in. And when I say old and new, I'm not talking about age per se. I'm just saying like experienced coaches. You know, they could be there's, there's some 40 year old coaches who've been coached for a long time too. So you know what I mean. So 
there's always going to be a little bit of a shift. It's going to take some time to make it to like reset, so to speak. But I don't know. At the same time, though, I believe there's still some Dan, Dan Lannings out there who's a, who's who's a combination of young but also experienced and who also knows how to adapt to what's going on now. I'm not saying he loves it. I don't know. You know him more than me. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't see Dan Lane just leaving in the next couple of years. Nah, he's building I, something. Smitty, you saw a text message uh, I showed you from Dan Lanning the other day, right? Yes. Um, it was funny as hell, right? Yes. Um, Dan's my boy. I've known Dan Lante. He's a great dude. Uh, and, you know, he watches this. So that's true though what he said like this is he knows what i said is true he showed you what he what i said yeah. is true and he's like man i wish i just wish we yeah. weren't so soft like i wish we could talk you know these motherfuckers like it's it's just like and that's true but i guess my my point though being is he's not about to leave is what i'm saying so i guess my bigger point is even though the savings might be leaving and some other coaches might be continuing to leave there's still some gonna be some really good to great coaches who just like basically got the mindset of fuck it yeah they're changing i don't like it it might be softer it, i hate the fact i gotta call these players whatever case may be but there are there will be a, a group of good to great coaches who's like you know what i'm gonna adapt and figure it out and those will be the ones that will keep this this train rolling is what i'm saying it's not like i i i, I feel like we got the mindset that we only have like only the ogs can coach i don't believe that i just don't believe that Someone you know, in the chat said something, and it's funny. I just said I didn't even know he said it, but he said, "Am I the only one that doesn't believe JB talks to coaches?" That he said that Jeffrey do always talking shit. To why would I? Li- why would, do I need to lie about that? <laughs> I'm so glad that I just brought up the landing text that I, that I shared with you the other day, and I didn't even see that text. Um, oh, he always does. I don't, he's not even a member. Yeah, I mean, I he's on thin ice. I'll say that he's on Who thin ice. He? Jeffrey D. I don't know. Oh, Jeffrey Dickhead. Become a member. You have 30 seconds. Give give him a minute. Give him a minute. Because he might take time. 29, 28, 27, Jeffrey D, you got about 15 seconds before I block your bitch ass. 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 1, 4, 3. Hold on. Is he lying? Is this Jamile person lying? Jamil? Jamil Horner? What? Said he just did it. No, he didn't. Who, where are you looking at? This comment said he just did it. Jamile's not even a real name. He just spelt it. He's next. I think he's Jamil. He's next. Um let us start blocking everybody who's not a member right now. Fuck it. I know that's what I used to do back in the day. I used to do it, but then you came and gave me a nice good heart. Um well, I'm starting my heart's starting to turn cold hanging around here. I love it. I love it. Jeffrey D, you're out of here. You're a bitch. I don't like bitch make cats. He's blocked. All right, so um, I don't even know. I've never seen him before. You are him. the weakest link. Goodbye. Now he always be in here talking shit. Oh uh, yeah, well he got he got to go. Um, hey Kelly, call in, Kelly. Kelly, call in with the bubble gum. With the bubble gum. 
Seahawks hire Mike McDan McDan McDonald. Rewind. Say it again. McDonald. Mike McDonald. I want a double cheeseburger as the new head coach. Um, Somebody's face makes me want to go eat a double cheeseburger and a ten-piece McNugget. I don't know what it is. He screams, "I'll do your taxes right now for fucking two hundred dollars!" Like he doesn't scream football coach to me, but Patrick Queen loves him. So we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, we'll get Patrick Queen back on. He's fishing. We'll get him back on and uh, break down Mike McDonald. He he he. he uh, Queen Patrick endorsed them on a tweet yesterday and said, "No one more deserving. No one's more deserving. Go do your thing." Listen, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, of the dope Ravens defensive players are free agents and up for money. So don't be surprised if he takes a few of them people with him. I'm leaving. It yeah, this is a thing though. If you see tweets that say no one deserves better, go do your thing, screams to me that. Uh, you could go our head. We, I know who really calls a D. <laughs> like, that's what it screams to me. I want to see the tweet that says, No, don't fucking go. I, we got to start over. You're not going to see that tweet because a lot of these guys are title coordinated. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. It's a ghost. Hold on, <laughs> dog. They said uh, the rumor is that Nick Saban retired and T Rich retired from the Coach AB show. This dude right here, the ghost of oh, Christmas past. I ain't seen since 2023, early in the year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy Merry, New Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Halloween. What my boy Trump? Hey, what my boy Trump be doing? <laughs> hey, is you driving? That, yeah, he ain't got no, he driving no hands. Yeah, oh, you, got, no you, got, you got the you got that uh Tesla. That, Tesla. the Tesla that drive itself? Nah, 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 not the Tesla, not the Tesla. I got, I got, I got something though. You know, I got a family car today. I'm in the family car today, man. So he driving with his knees, JB. He drive, you know, black people we drive <laughs> with our legs and shit. You know, we. <laughs> hey, hey, T-Riz, I don't. We're not taking too much of your time. We got, we got, we got about ten minutes with you. We appreciate you jumping on. Let me ask you right about the gate though. Uh, college football is in shambles. Um, the head coach at Boston College just walked away yesterday and became the D coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. We've already seen your mentor and coach, Nick Saban, walk away. Jim Harbaugh walked out, said, screw this. I got suspended twice. I'm going back to the league. And I, th- I think we're going to see a lot more this year still before the season's done leave and go to the NFL if they can. What's going on in college football? Is it in shambles? Is it even fixable? Well, it, it's it's crazy right now, right? Because you see guys like Nick Saban, you know, we, we knew that I was going to come to the end. Hell, like, like my guy said the other day, Jalen said, well, he's what, 28 years or 27 years away from being 100, right? We, we get that. Um, but when you see guys like Kirby Smart, that's a young coach. I mean, yeah. I guess a young but medium, I don't know, coach, um, that's taking interviews for the NFL, and he got the best situation it is right now. He's the guy that Nick is passing a torch to. When I mean, like, his whole coaching staff, his whole coaching yeah. style, his, you know, everything that he's taught him, he's been the one that he, that's been his most successor 
or successful guy. And you see guys from, you know, Boston College, you know, the, the older guys that's, you know, that's been dogs. And, and I think what you were just saying, JB, it was like, man, it's going to be, it's not enough Chiefs. Or oh, you were saying there was too many Chiefs. But I think for real the situation is now we got too many Indians and not a Chiefs. And yeah, what, that what I, yeah. What, what I mean by that is like, if we no got a whole, yeah, we got a whole bunch of role player guys, a whole bunch of role guys that's on a coaching staff who don't know how to be the chief or has never been taught to be the chief, never been in a situation to be the chief. Like, what are coaching? You know, what are we teaching these kids? And I and I talk to these parents all the time, man, and these little league coaches, and I give them an example because I learned how. It's one thing to change my whole coaching style when I was coaching my son at an early age. I was just telling him, you know, hey, you know, you got to run up that way and run this way and, you know, run this. And and my coach stopped me. Well, my well, my teammate, but he was he's my trainer, Mike McCord. Um, he trained a lot of these guys. And he stopped me in my tracks. He was like, hey, man, he's not getting it because you're telling him. You're not showing him. You're not walking through with him. Think about how many times we walked through you know, think about how many times we, you know, we have a slow period before we go fast. And so we we got a whole bunch of guys that, you know, don't realize like, hey, some of these folks got to be catered to and nurtured the right way. Even in NFL, JB, Smitty, y'all know this, like we go slow before every fast period, every play that we're going to run. You get what I'm saying? So we can have it on point and we meet about that and then we'll go back outside and run it fast and all this other stuff. You get what I'm saying? Like it's a whole process of it but i yeah. think it's not catered to college football no more to where like we, the integrity of the game is showing these guys how to become a pro yeah. and that's on every level and that's why i respect coach saving like i do because people don't realize what a real dynasty is that dynasty what nick built over there is putting out players yeah we get that winning championships yeah we get that but putting out coaches to make them better putting out coaches to, you know, go somewhere every, like Nick can't really develop a real son or a mentor relationship with somebody over a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, have that relationship vibe to where I can make sure I can tell you what you need to know. You're going to hear it and take it the right way and process it other than getting in your feelings and say, well, shoot, I got the pedigree now and I can just go somewhere else and you jumping out there early. And now you jump out there and, and, and you get in a situation to where, you really lost because you haven't spent enough time there. You haven't been able to develop. Like I couldn't be a man that I am today if I if I didn't come up underneath my mom and my grandma, right? Like I like I had spent years underneath them. Coach JB, you spent years underneath somebody before you came a head coach or offense coordinator. Smitty, we 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 played ball for the longest. JB, we played ball for the longest before we became uh, a college athlete or a pro. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's all a process. It's so. Steps. Yeah, I just think, bro, like we're 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 suffering with that. And it's like, why Jim Harbaugh, like, why would I stay in college football if y'all trying to rope me off and blackball me and I could just go to the NFL and do the same shit the legal way? It says y'all quote unquote trying to rope me off for a hamburger. Well, that's crazy. Hey, T Ray, I was just saying that to Smitty because I said Smitty was like talking about how the young coaches are coming in, and and I was like, they're missing something though. They're missing the mentor of the guy. Nick Saban had the GA as a youngster and go grind and learn how to put a book together and learn how to go. Now we're throwing cats in the fire. Like, here, you the head coach, dog, go do it. Like these cats have no clue what to do. 
Like it's like the blind leading the blind at the end of the day. And I think we're going to, it's going to get worse before it gets better to your point. I don't know if we can, I don't know who's teaching these cats. And so, so what are we doing for our kids though? Like, what are we like, what are like, we send these guys to the NFL and we send them to some pro guys and you know how pro guys are, right? JB, uh, um, big Smitty, like shit, you should already know how to be in a three point stance. You should already know how right. to, you know, uh, uh, fight off the pass block. You should already know, um, your snap, like, okay, let's talk about the, the center from Alabama who quote unquote just got in the transfer port after having one of the most terrible guys. And, and I'm not the guy to, 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 to point out people, but having one of the worst games of his career and you get in the transfer portal. I don't know why he got in the transfer portal. I don't know. Was it, hey, he couldn't come back or hey, he was in his feelings. You know what I'm saying? Right. But instead of fighting that, biting that bullet and say, you know what, I'm going to come back and I'm going to show the world what I can, what, what I'm supposed to be doing here or what I can do here, what I can achieve here. You jump in a transfer portal and you go to a school that's just as big, and you think you fit to go there and, and and not stink like you like you haven't been stinking already. Like stink follow you no matter what. Mm. And I learned that my my shit. I learned that in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I it's gonna be interesting. Like and and T Rich, that cat that dude could come back, play, screw up a snap. Next year in a, in, a, in a playoff, and everybody's gonna say you should have transferred. But guess what? Guess what though? So what? That's life. That's how it works. That's what it is. You had the balls though to come back and re-snap that football, and that is gonna get you somewhere bigger in life down the line. You played in two playoff games and you screwed up, but it is what it is. We didn't run from it though. See, back in the day, we stayed there and faced the adversity. Nowadays, cats are so quick to run from the adversity because of social media, because of the phone and the peer pressure that these cats face, which is at an all-time high. And I agree with Doc Mendoza in the chat that said, like, Smitty played for a hard-nosed dude, T-Rich played for a hard-nosed dude, and now you guys are reiterating those sentiments. Like, Big Smitty came to start the show. So we're talking about... These, these NBA players, see Rich, like, these cats are bitching and moaning about playing 65 games. And Smitty was like, hell no, that's what sports is. He's supposed to play the game. So, like, to Doc's point, Smitty played for an old-school cat. Like, a lot of guys played for me. Jermaine Johnson played the Pro Bowl yesterday. He wrote a big old thing about me saying, you crazy, talk crazy to me, but that's, I get it now. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I get it now, though, and I can't thank you enough for bringing me to the middle of shithole Kansas and fucking ball. Like, those are the things that people remember, though. Not like it was easy and you catered me, walked me to class, and you walked me through the process. Like, nobody cares about that no more, and they don't even respect those guys no more. So, I don't know. I think it's it's very interesting, to say the least. Bro, that's and that's perfect because, like, my situation in high school, I, I didn't play my first two years. I, I couldn't walk for two years. So they fired my coach that we had, got us another coach in there. And the coach that they got in there was the coach for Emmett Smith and Derrick Brooks. Mm. And so when he first got there, first day, right, I'm sitting on the breezeway. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm It's me and a little, you know, the girl I was dating at the time on the breezeway. I'm sitting down the bell, you know, just wrong. You know, football practice starting about – 45 minutes you know we chilling for a second and this white guy come in there and say 
tell Trent to get his black ass in here. Mm. Huh? <laughs> who you talking to, bro? Like, hold on. I don't even know you. Yeah, I don't even know you. Like, who? Like, and, and he's an older guy. So it was like, whoa, bro. Like, what you got going on? And so, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to my coach, my, my track coach, which is my receiver coach, Coach Boyd. I'm like, man, what's up, coach? Like, what's up with this dude? You're like, hey, he know what he's doing. Listen to what he's saying, not how he's saying it. I'm telling you, he's going to be the best coach for you. That man sat me out the whole spring at running back and had me play safety. I killed this safety, but I played two snaps of running back and scored two plays. And I looked at him and I said, coach, you still don't want me to play running back? He said, you deserve it. You got it. He said, but I had to teach you something. And, man, I, I probably got cussed every day, and it wasn't intentionally at me, but it was making me mentally strong to where when I got to Alabama or when I was working out of Alabama, going through those 110s and those four-quarter programs that we had, man, that shit was a cakewalk to me. Like, it was like mentally, I was already, I was, I was way ahead of everybody there. Like, I, I remember guys... I don't know if my guy gonna get mad at me, right? Um, um, my brother. So Mark Ingram, right? His, his freshman year, <laughs> his I think it was freshman or sophomore year, whoever it was, he, we we down there running one tens, and Mark was he, he I think we got down to like twenty eight. Mark was sitting there crying, and that damn Terry Jones say, "Ain't nobody tell you bring your black ass down to this damn house, boy. <laughs> Take your ass back to Flint with that." <laughs> so Mark. He's an emotional person. And if you know Mark, he, you know, he's all into it. And, you know, he was just sitting over there whining and crying. And, and you would take your ass back to that cold with all that. And when I tell you, bring your ass down here to this hot. I mean, but that, like mentally, like I was ahead of Mark. Like, and, and I was a year after him in school. But like, I'm, I'm looking at Mark like, bro, look, come on, let's go. Like, this is your year. He's like, come on, this is what we got to do. But mentally, he was tapped out. And so, but he had to be taught that from a different way of life because when you got somebody just going to sit there that's going to cater to you or sit there that's going to tell you what you want to hear not what you need to hear it really messes you up bro like i, I never i never i never should have told anything with my kids bro like i try my hardest to to make sure that they know that they got to be responsible for the stuff that i can't handle for them mm. and the stuff that i yeah. can't handle for y'all y'all get used to it and learn it to where y'all take it to the next level and do it way better than I do. Hey, T. Rich, before I let you go, and I appreciate you driving, so I don't want to. Uh, shit, uh, you got to be safe. You got Let's kids go. in the back, everything. T. Rich, you hear me? We lose them. You hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hey, so before I let you go, real quick, everything you just said can't happen no more because you, not you, but. Let's just say T. Rich 2.0, 2024 T. Rich. You say, bring your ass over here, blah, blah, blah. First of all, the coach is fired. Second of all, you transferring. Yeah. So, you know, you transferring too because you don't want that first guy, first time meeting you and he says, bring your ass over here. Like, that's how that's me in a nutshell. That's my, how I coach. And then guess what? The kids recognize, real recognize, real. And they said, Oh, he a real one. He just talking that shit to get me going. But nowadays, cats will transfer. The coach will be fired. We'll have all those type of things. So, uh, hey, T. Rich, but, but JB, you look at you look at you look at life today. Coming on here, 
we got to get you back on uh, next week before the season ends to talk about the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And and, and to go back on what you just said, man, you look at life today. We got more bum threats and more bum, you know, bumming's going on. We got more uh, 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 mass killers going on today. Like, it's so much going on, bro, to like, like we're really making our world soft. And I get it. It's a new day and age. But like right now, bro, like we're headed. And this the this is a pat on my back for me right here, right? This this is one of my this is one of my things. All my kids got something different. My oldest daughter, she's National Honor Society. Um, my youngest daughter, she probably going to be one of the smartest vets it is out there. Mm. Like right now, we're headed to the Pro Bowl for the youth Pro Bowl for TJ and Toa, my my baby boy, and my nephew to play in a youth Pro Bowl down at the Pro Bowl right now. We're headed. To, that's where we headed to right now. Everybody in the back. <laughs> Everybody trying to get out the camera. Um, but where's it at? Oh, uh, we have to Orlando. Yeah, we have okay. to Orlando right now to go down there. And I and, and I say that and I brag on that. And this is a pat on my back because everything I went through, man, my kids are taking that shit and they going to the top of the mountain with it. And they looking at it as like, oh, this 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 is a redemption for my pops. Like this is a redemption to let everybody know, like the Richardsons are gonna be strong no matter what. You know, so mm -hmm. it, it's it's full circle for me, man. And, and, and even with my nephew, bro, my nephew just got his 20-something offer. Mm. Um, and he's uh, out of Pensacola, Florida, same school I went to, and his brother got murdered a few years ago. I don't know if y'all heard about the kid from Kennesaw State who got murdered. And uh, it was everywhere. He went home for the 4th of July weekend and one evening at home for four hours. And wrong place, wrong time. Somebody else thought it was his car, and he got murdered. And his little brother went through it, you know, his, you know, that was seeing his idol, his big brother, you know, he got hit 14 times. Mm. Um, it was 55 bullet holes in that car. So going through that phase and still staying in that same city. And now he's, I think he was, he, he got second in, in a loan job in the state of Florida, you know, then he, I think he's right number one in the state of Florida. Oh, in a, in the nation right now is a junior going into a senior year as a safety. Um, but to say that, man, to see where that kid came from, to see, you know, my brother go through what he went through with that, um, man, it's big, bro. Like, you got to have some type of sense of urgency with that mindset, that self-talk, um, that somebody's going to push you in your why. Like, now in days, like, we don't have a why anymore. Mm. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, well, I had to do this. Like, I had to go to college. I had to go. And the reason I chose Alabama because they got the program where you 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 you're a football player, your kids going on a full free scholarship. That's the re that was the biggest reason I chose Alabama. My kids ain't got to worry about a scholarship at Alabama. Oh. And I had a kid already at school. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. in high school, I had a kid already. So people don't, you know, when when I talk about Alabama and I tell them that I'm I'm indebted to them because no matter what, my kids are going to be able to go to school free, as long as they meet the certain credentials as far as grades wise, right? But that's just like all the Castile. That's like the Bobby Humphreys. Like they never had to pay. I mean, they never used a football scholarship. Mm. Yeah, I, no question, no doubt. Shout, shout out to, to the program. Yeah, shout out to you, man. Bam, bam. Uh, tell the tell the babies in the back they can pop up now. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, appreciate you. We'll get next week. We'll talk Super Bowl and uh, what you think about it and and who you like and then uh, and we'll hook up soon. Hopefully, we can hook up soon and. Uh, get together but uh shout out man be safe on that road and uh we'll see you next week yes sir yes sir appreciate y'all man all right brother Rich, everybody pound the like subscribe become a member
Right to right to Steve Kim in the dark, dark shadows. He's in a movie theaters. What's going it's on? Raining Steve? out here. And there's no sunshine, so it is what Man, it is. Man, it started to pour down yeah, over here it's just a pouring. few minutes ago. No, it's been uh, pouring out here for hours out here night. Like, so you're not really in LA for real, me. See, we're we're like actually in the hood, in the yeah. city. It's been pouring out here for hours. Steve, yesterday's show was miserable. Uh, I got home around two in the morning. I stayed late at trainees. I, you know, I mended the fence with our issue that we had. Um, and then, you know, Phil was just having a ball. He just loved to see everybody. I think he had a hell of a time that night from what I took away from it. He loved being around people and seeing uh, people. Um, trainees is a classic joint. Um, I got to start going back there if I'm allowed from with the bartender and the waitress. But having said that, um, what is your takeaway from the night with Marv Fleming and our main man Hudson, who are legendary LA Baltimore Oreo five time champion? Down Buford, down Buford. Yeah, down Buford. very nice man, had some great stories. Um, you know, very educated the way they handle themselves, the way they comport themselves, the way they communicate. Uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for those men. Do you uh, know how old Don uh, Buford was? They had to be in their late 70s now, don't they? Or 80s? Tell them how old the Buford was. Buford was 86, 86 years old. That is amazing. You see how he looks, Steve? Like, he's no way I would have guessed he's 86. The way yeah. he's skinny, he looks way younger. Incredibly alert, the way he walks. He walks. I, I mean, because I've seen people age at that age that it becomes very, very uh, rapid, oh, yeah. the physical and cognitive decline, but... Uh, he had some great stories about playing against Roberto Clemente. I mean, this guy was a teammate of the Robinsons, Frank and Brooks, and played for Earl Weaver, played with Boog Powell, had the uh, part of those great Oriole teams that had all those uh, four 20-game uh, winners. And then Marv Fleming played for the great Vincent Thomas Lombardi. And that's that's certainly an honor. So that was a good Compton night. Legend. Compton, College, yeah. Compton High School legend. He was a freshman when my dad graduated as a senior on that team. He played as a freshman on my dad's team uh, at Compton High. Unbelievable times. Uh, I'd I love to get Smitty out there more. We got to get out there and uh, get at the, sit around the bar one day. But, like, people like that walk in all the time, huh, Steve, into training? Well, I, I remember when I went there years ago, and it was a lot more prevalent back then, but that's when all the UCLA-USC football players would go there on different nights. I remember uh, meeting Caden McNown a few times. Caden McNown, when he was uh, at UCLA, used to go there a couple times a night when him and Mario Lopez were palling around. And Mario says to this day that the Chilean sea bass is the best he's ever had from Phil. Mm. And um, I, I remember Jason Capono was a, was a line chef there. He worked there. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez, who I think was actually there that night. We Mark there. was there uh, when I got there. He was outside with Phil. Right. So that's a hot spot. And it's really a shame that he had to remodel the kitchen because the kitchen for years had all these famous autographs of like Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, Don Jim King. Wooden. Yeah, but he had to paint over it, so he had to kind of start over. There was no way to preserve that wall. But uh, for years, that was the spot, and it still is. And um, James Washington, who played at UCLA and then had a really great career with the Cowboys, hes I've met him a few times there. He's a really nice guy. And, in fact, um, he filmed a couple of segments for the Dallas Cowboys YouTube channel. They did some documentaries, and they actually used the bar area. I, and uh, I saw the credits. 
So when you go to trainees consistently, you will eventually see former athletes, players that you uh, go in. And Doug Gregorian, famous sports writer, he goes there often. He's actually joined us a few times. I got to get him back there. But that is certainly a L.A. or a Southern California uh, stronghold with the sports world. Yeah, man. No doubt. And Steve, uh, I, one thing I know is about you, man, you're one of the smartest people I know. Your brain is literally an encyclopedia. And one thing I learned from you that night, it's to always ask questions. Yeah. You made sure you had those legends there. You got out as many questions as you possibly could and maximize that that time. I'm like, man, this, this is why Steve knows so much. Right. I mean, Darnell, you got to – the thing is, like, you have to know what you don't know. That is yeah. the truest wisdom. Know what you don't know. It, it kills me when you get into a situation like that and these people try to take over the conversations. I almost feel like saying, time out. You weren't there. Shut up. Let's listen to him. I don't want to be rude about it, but like, here's the thing. If you're a guy that had a monumental or a significant career that I care about, um, like if he was a symphony pianist or he was a doctor, I wouldn't have really cared. But these guys are people that I've heard of. So I'm kind of curious to see what they went through, uh, their experiences, and also their opinions. They know, like, I thought it was really interesting what Don Buford said about, uh, and I don't want to reveal it because I don't know if he wants to go on the record about PEDs in baseball, the impact, and how would he treat it, and were they prevalent in his time? But I wanted to get his view on it because he played in an era where they really didn't have that stuff. So you always have to be willing to learn, and you always have to be willing to defer. Very, you know, very interesting on his take on Barry Bonds, huh? Yeah, I mean, look, he respects Barry Bonds, but I've always argued about Barry Bonds with or without the stuff. He was a Hall of Famer, and then you can make the argument if Major League Baseball was more stringent or stricter on the usage of steroids, maybe he wouldn't have felt the pressure or the need to keep up. So I I look at it both ways. I mean, he was a three or four time all-star before all of the stuff probably should have won another one or two. Uh, But he's the most dominant all around player that I've ever seen. He's the only guy I've ever seen get walked with the bases loaded intentionally more than once. You know, that that's how good he was at a certain point. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I talked to him that night uh, after I stayed when you guys left about uh, doing our show there, um, like a few times. Try to get that, get it going back to what it was. And Phil was excited. I was like, man, let, he was like, man, whatever. I was like, shit, Smitty and I have, you know, do a show in there, a couple lives in there, and uh, film in there, maybe, and maybe uh, bring some funniest story ever. 1998. This is when Cade McNown was there a lot, and I actually had met him there uh, before his senior year. And uh, I'll never forget after UCLA lost that game to Miami. It was December 5th of 1998. Hey, I was there around. The, I remember they came in. They, I mean, Phil to this day has not gotten over that loss. And I went to that game. And when I walked into the restaurant, to the kitchen area, K, uh, I had my Miami stuff on. <laughs> Phil looks at me like this. And he flat out said, I'm going to tell you right now, Steve. And he named a couple of the players that were rabble rousing that wanted to protest something and make any so i just want you to know this guy this guy, Ab- this guy. Abigail, Abigail well i'm not saying any names but i'm just saying some guys bill said at this point nope you're not invited back here i he was bitter over that game oh my god Steve, it's very funny that you're talking about this because i played with a few of those guys in the arena league uh, a couple years later a guy named gabe creshawn which was a tight I end him. team from the Valley. He was my tight end um, in the arena league. 
And we were talking about that game, and he mentioned that the people that were trying to protest in the locker room uh, before that game, absolutely it was a divided locker room, and they did not want to play for the current D coordinator at the time there. And I believe it was Phil Snow. No, it was, Al- it was Nick Aliotti, wasn't it? I thought it was Snow. I, I, it could be wrong. I was Rocky told I just left. Rocky night- left. I yeah, think I was told the night before the game that there that there half the team wanted to protest and wear black armbands, and the other half were saying, "Hey, we're here to win a national championship." Yeah, that exactly what I was told. Yes, that defense was so bad that day against Edger and James. There was actually and this is a truth, Darnell. There were actually point shaving allegations. Yes. Hey, Smitty, UCLA was the most dominant team in football that year, in my opinion. Well, not defensively, they weren't. I, I still remember it was 38-21 with about 18 minutes to go. Danny Farmer was killing a young Miami secondary that had Ed Reed, Mike Rump, uh, Leonard Myers. So it's 38-21. He runs it up and out. And Miami had gotten blown out in Donovan McNabb's senior day. the week We, we lost like 63-10, to but it wasn't that bad. So anyway... We're kind of depressed, and back then you couldn't cancel flights. Like so, that's when they used to mail you FedEx these tickets. I'd be like, "Ah, shit, I gotta go to this game." So they're down thirty-eight twenty-one late in the third. People are leaving the game, and I'm thinking to my buddy, "This is before Uber." I didn't know anyone in Miami back then. I told my buddy Hugo, I said, "Hugs," and he was a UCLA fan. We might as well stay. And all of a sudden, this furious comeback. I mean, Scott Covington, who's from Dana Hills, California, played the game of his life. Reggie Wayne was actually injured, so it was Santana Moss, Andre King. But Edger and James got most of the carries because James Jackson had a knee injury. And I still remember um, the UCLA section was right near us. And when Caden McNown threw that last Hail Mary into the end zone, the shock on the UCLA fans' faces, because they were already making plans for the Fiesta Bowl. They thought this game was over. And I don't think the UCLA program has ever recovered from that loss. UCLA would have played Tennessee in the natty. Tennessee or Kansas State. Yeah. It was one of those games. And that was the same game, same night. So we go back to the hotel. Kansas State blows a game against Texas A&M in the Big 12 title. Tennessee had to rally late against a really tough Mississippi State team, and that's how we got Florida State kind of backdoored their way in, even though they had, like, their fourth-string quarterback, Marcus Otson. But, and I remember seeing Cade after the game, and it's so funny because he's kind of bitter about it, and he said, man, your defense was shit. And they were. <laughs> they gave up they 600 yards. All year. They were bad that game. Well, no, that, but that's the thing about youth. That if you look at that game, and I've watched it many times, we had young Ed Reed, Damian Lewis, Dan Morgan, Nate Webster. They had like eight or nine guys make the National Football League, but coach, they were all young guys. They were not ready to play big-time football. Yeah, I think they still beat Miami if they played that week one as they should have before the hurricane hit. I think that yeah. mindset was different. Uh, see, that game was week three, by the way. We got a uh, – Thumbnail that has college football coaches running for the proverbial NCAA doors, the non-caring assholes of America. Another head coach leaves. This time it's Jeff Halfley. Uh, I've known for a long time. He's left Boston College to go be the D.C. in Green Bay. I don't see – I see the – the no offense to Smitty and, and Jason Whitlock, but I see the Ball State head coach leaving to go be a coordinator in Alabama or something like that. I don't see a Power 5 head coach – like that's like the equivalent to me, Mario Cristobal leaving Miami and going to be a linebacker coach for the Rams. I don't 
I never used to see this. We didn't see this. I've talked to two big-time head coaches last night, and the quote was, this is a fucking joke, end quote. So that's coming from guys. I showed Smitty. Do Are you going to see more and more? Yes. Because of the late hires, McDonald just got hired for the Seattle Seahawks. Now he has to go poach, and he's going to have to find coordinators, and they're probably going to come from college, probably a head coach. And now it's late in the year to hire, and Washington Commanders still got to hire somebody. So I expect you're going to lose a few more college head coaches yeah. who are willing to leave, Smitty, uh, Steve, because of the shambles that the NCAA is in, in my opinion. Well, I think the college job has become more difficult than the pro job in terms of roster management. In mm. my view, I don't mind the transfer portal. I, I don't think kids should be stuck at a place they don't want to be at. However, when you don't place any restrictions in terms of having to sit out and then you're allowed to transfer multiple times. And and I didn't even realize this till last year, till Tyler Van Dyke uh, held up the Miami program for ransom. Even after spring practice and the last spring game, you could still go into the portal. And I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. I, I get it. The coaches get paid a lot. But as I've said before, the expectation is that when you are a college coach, yeah, every year we're going to lose about 20 to 25 players that graduate or lose their eligibility. It runs out. And then you bring in 20 to 25 guys. Nowadays, you basically have to re-recruit your whole team. Who the hell wants to do that? Uh, nobody. They oh, went out. Tough. They went out, Steve. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the hire uh, in Seattle? And they go after another defensive guy in Mike Mc McDonald uh, in Seattle. I thought they were going after Ben Johnson. I think once Ben told them, I'm staying put. I believe that they had to scramble and go after somebody, and I think this was the guy to make a, a, a shot at the dark at because his wife is actually a cheer coach and cheerleader for the Washington Commanders years ago. So mm -hmm. uh, they thought that was a shoe-in. But he's taking Seattle, which is, has a pretty good skill set offensively. I was hoping they got an offensive coach. We've seen Pete Carroll. I love Pete, but we've seen the defensive side. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I am glad that Ben Johnson flat out said, you're going to have to overpay me to get me out of this situation. Sometimes you're good in your situation, and maybe there's a feeling that there's unfinished business in Detroit, and if he could ever get his head coach to settle for a field goal here and there, he might leave there a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. But I'm glad that Ben didn't just rush into any job, although I think Seattle has a lot of good pieces. That's actually a job where I'd be like, you know what? There's an upside, there's a future, and there's a nucleus. Uh, as for McDonald, I don't really know much about him other than the fact you better win or you're going to get out of there. That, that's that's the nature of the business. But uh, Ben Johnson coming back, I think, is maybe the best. I don't want to call it rehire, but it, it's probably the, yeah, it's the best retaining uh, of any team because Ben Johnson knows how to scheme and game plan around Jared Goff. And I think that is vital for the Detroit Lions. Steve, I got to ask you though, there's 32 of these jobs in the world and being offered one of them is a very, very, uh, you're a one percenter. I know for a fact what I'm about to say is true. When you snub owners in this league in this good old boy league and this recyclable business, which the NFL is, you often will piss off the hand that feeds you. I don't know if Ben Johnson gets this offer again. And I don't know uh, if he turned down. I don't know, well, uh, I don't know if he turned down one of 32. One of 32 possibilities in the world, Steve. I agree. But what if Ben Johnson leads an offense that piles up a lot of points and wins a Super Bowl? You don't think they're going to circle back to him? I, I, 
I just don't know. But but see, the problem is once you get you take that one of thirty two jobs, now you're in the circle. I don't. He's not in the circle yet. See, he has to get that head job to get in that circle. Then you can be fired and then still be rehired later as a head coach. He hasn't been a head coach yet, and I think he had to get in there. And I, I'm worried about the guy because I like him. I, I don't know. I, I give him a bunch of credit. Like kudos to you. You got brass balls and all that. Uh, I just don't know if you can turn down this these owners. Yeah, and say, you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. If he's happy in Detroit, his family's happy he's in Detroit. And if you, you know what? I got a good situation here. I got a young Jameer Gibbs. Yep. Uh, I'm going to develop Jamison Williams. And he's going to be, as long as he stays off the gambling sites, I'm going to have him for 17 games. <laughs> Maybe he improves his leverage. I, I, mean, I don't, you know, coaches themselves are just as greedy as anyone else. They take jobs they shouldn't, all for the money. I go back to, to, to Butch Davis in Cleveland. He left a dynasty on the table at the University of Miami because he was pissed off at the administration, didn't like Paul D., and he goes to Cleveland, and he could have been a legend, but instead now he's, just, he's a guy that bounced around, and he always longed for the days of Miami. My view is I would have won a national title or two and created more leverage. There's two ways to look at this. Yeah. Ben Johnson told St. Brown, hey, listen, we got unfinished business. I'm coming back. Oh, we- see, that a boy, Ben. Ben, you are an honorable, serious human being. Real hey, football think- guy. Yeah. I like wow. serious. Hey, I've learned Steve loves like real serious, just like you know, uh committed, you know, look you in your eyes, shake right. your hand, word is bond type of men. That's what well, I'm learning about Steve. Here's the thing. Um, someone told me this about Manny Diaz, the way he left Temple undefeated at zero and zero to come right back to Miami. <laughs> someone in that Miami building who's a real football guy said, Steve, and he he was not part of that hiring process. He was he said, Steve, let me tell you about Manny. I have nothing against him, but the way he did Temple, that's a character flaw. You needed to stay there and learn how to be a coach and circle back. It matters. I I, I kind of equate that to Ben Johnson turning down Seattle, though. Does Manny go back to his alma mater in Miami ever? Does he get that job, though? Well, he, he got the job, and he had a couple years to do it. Look, Manny Diaz will be a better coach than he was at Miami. He'll do a good job at Duke. I think he needed that experience. Did a nice job at Penn State. They had a really good defense. And Duke, Duke's going to be a serious program. Mike Elko left them in a good place. But these coaches, I'm not a big fan of these carpetbaggers. Stay in a place. Learn how to do your job. And also think about your kids. You can't say I'm all about my family and kids and you make a move seven times in ten years. Are you really about your family and kids? You're really going to tell your eight-year-old, hey, you know those best friends you just made after making other best friends that we move for? We're moving again. I hate to say it, Coach, but some of your colleagues are kind of being selfish pieces of shit. All right? Let me just lay it out there. Because I know of other coaches that have said, you know what? My uh, daughter has two more years of high school. Sorry, we're going to stay. I respect that so much. You cannot preach family and kids and keep doing that. You're making good money to begin with. Sorry. If we're going to hold people accountable, everyone has to be on that line. Yeah, I agree. Um, Listen, uh, Staying in college, we know to me college football is in shambles. But a big win for a good friend of mine, uh, Lane Kiffin. His lawsuit was dropped uh, from the kid that recorded him and went into the thing. The law, the lawsuit was dropped by a judge who was probably pretty serious. To Steve's point, uh, and I'm glad it was. This guy was really trying to get forty million dollars from Lane <laughs> Kiffin. After he self-recorded him about a mental health issue. Um, 
This you know is what, just... what you should do now. Anytime you have a meeting like that, like just phone. absolutely record it yourself. I, I know. Absolutely record it. Say, hey, hey, kid, uh, put away your phone. We're going to record this. We're both going to get a copy. So say what you have to say, and I'll say what I have to say. In fact, we're going to live stream it. Okay? I don't want any more extortion attempts. Uh, but this is a kid that I'd look at his name and I'd say, okay, if I'm a company, we're never hiring him. Forget it. I would have, if I'm a coach, I'm going to have somebody pat players down before they come in and right. take their phone and put it in the shoebox. You're the Derek Jeter. I have all yeah. your stuff in a thing, sign an NDA. Okay, we're done. Here you go. And here's a bouquet of roses. You know, I'm right. telling you, Smitty, it's like me with AE. I'm like, Are you, we're filming this. So, I, so you can't come later and say I didn't do something. Like, it, 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 this is crazy to me, uh, Steve. But that's to the point of college football's running for the door, isn't it? Like, this is more shit they got to deal with. It, it is. Look, I, I don't even go on the spaces like I do during the season, the Miami Hurricane spaces. Met a lot of great people. I consider them friends. But when all we're talking about is, hey, let's go shopping, and they're talking about the portal, I'm like, bro, let me just talk about Let me know when my team is set, which I believe right. is like May or June, and then I'll get back into it. But it gets tiresome, and I don't even know. Sometimes you even forget who your roster is because you picked up young men from other programs. And uh, I feel bad for the secondary programs or the non-P5 that you take a risk on a kid, you use all your resources, you develop them, you invest into them, and just as you think, oh, man, we got ourselves a player, they're just using you as a farm system. Mm. Steve, right. like, I'll be honest. Like, I've talked to these coaches, man, and, and, and you know what the other battle is in the locker room? You get 30 new kids a semester. That's basically what the numbers are. 30 new kids a semester. So you get the, the, the January roll-ins from the season that just ended. Even playoff guys are entering the portal after they lose or win a, a, a national championship in, in, in the Michigan case. And then Alabama guys have entered the portal like crazy when Nick left, right? It's a disservice to that school when you have to coach leave that late because you can't get any good players out of those portal they've already been taken but here's a here's the issue like these kids are now 30 new in the semester in, in at your place you have a team meeting with them and they're telling me that this is happening well well steve you can probably guess what's happening well at alabama we did this like no we're not at alabama no more we're yeah. in fucking eastern michigan this is how we do it and you have a whole issue in itself right there. You're never going to get a reculture at your place. It's just a joke. I don't think you can ever get a serious locker room anymore with so many retreads and mercenaries. Well, what we're going to have to do, uh, and I don't know what the cutoff would be, but I would do like a seven to eight year study of all the playoff teams. And what is the ratio of homegrown recruits to people you picked up in the portal? Is it an 80-20 split? Is it 60-40? Is it 75-25? Because I, I, I do, I am curious. Is there a certain number that you need to hit in terms of your own guys that you have recruited and developed since the age of 17 that actually make it through the process? And can you, or can you build a team through portal? which is at least half your roster every year is from another program like Colorado. Like Colorado, I'm curious. Can you actually build a sustainable program that is successful with that much turnover 
with kids that you don't begin their eligibility as a college athlete. Here's the thing. For I'm Colorado very curious case. about that. Yeah, it's a yeah. good point. The interesting case I have for that part of it is I don't believe Deion Sanders is a solidified head ball coach, meaning I don't know if he knows the buttons to push inside of a culture creation that needs to happen. I don't know if he's a culture creator. I think he's a mercenary leader with a face. Well, I don't know if he's ready to take on the big-time opponents in a big-time situation. We've seen him twice play for HBCU titles and got smacked both times. I don't know if he's the guy to do that because you have to be a hell of a leader of men, which I think Dion may be, but you have to know all the buttons to push and create a weight room environment and a study hall environment, and this is what we do here, and this is what we do here. I don't know if he's that guy for a bunch of new kids every year while his son is the face of the show, and then Travis Hunter, who's as clear and dear, like another one to him, another son, I don't know if that's going to work. It's not like he's going into Alabama with 30 new kids. Like, this is a place that's been bad for 30 years. Well, I I would hope that he doesn't just leave as soon as the eligibility of his son, both of them, expire. I agree. And at that point, now you're, you see, there's no way. It's a part of being a culture builder is to stay at a place. Yeah, I'm just that's just the way I look at it. Stay at a place at least five to six to seven years, so you could really have an imprint on a program and that community. But if this is just all about your son Shadur and Shiloh graduating them and hopefully getting them to the next level, and then raising their NIL market value, and then you up and leave. Uh, if I was Colorado and I was one of their boosters or fans. I would feel betrayed if you just left. Now, if you actually stayed a few years after your boys left and you continue to build certain foundation, you say, okay, I've done my work. I could live with that. But if he departs as soon as uh, Shadur is gone and Shiloh, I'd be like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> what, 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 what was all this for? Cause now you got to start over. Yeah, you can't do that. Cause like, yeah, you, it's almost put them in a worse position than they were prior. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I mean, unless you win an Addy or something, right? Because Darnell, all happen. those players, I guarantee you at Colorado, seventy five percent would say, "Okay, we're out." Yeah. If there ain't no prime, then you ain't got my time, and they're out. <laughs> hey, Steve, that famous line. Before I let you go, um, before I, gotta, I let you go, yeah. this came out. Bill Belichick's dad uh, came out and said. Bailey, can you fit that on the screen or is that it? Uh, basically, he said that this is a different generation and Bill is a military militant leader. Great, yeah. great, 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 great coach. But his interpersonal skills are horrible. Is, <laughs> is that is that like is that like basically saying it's a cop out for the new kids? That's why Mac Jones can't have good success under Bill. That's why Bill hasn't got a job because we're too worried about uh you know being yelled at and shit like that is that is this just is this just over to smitty's point the new generation is here we got to live with it well i think that's his way of saying that bill part uh belichick may be too old that that's may the- be his style of coaching but again we always knew bill belichick was not mr personality <laughs> he wasn't there's going to be a great attention to detail um you're going to be very focused on football there's going to be none of that ancillary stuff. It's not always going to be fun, but in general, you are going to win. But when Tom Brady was not given any special treatment 
or consideration by Belichick. I thought there came a time like, you know what? If Robert Kraft loves Brady this much and Brady has done this for my career, you know what? If he wants to finish out as a Patriot, I'm going to live with it. I just thought that was the one time he should have benched. Because you know why? Because Tom Brady ended up being in a little bit better situation than the Patriots. And look, if you're looking for Mr. Fun, nice guy, players coach with Belichick, that ain't your guy. No, I But then at the same time, when I'm watching Hard Knocks, the end season with the Dolphins, with Mr. uh, Kid Capri Pants, uh, I kept thinking to myself, man, this guy's kind of an oddball and he tries to be cool and nice. I don't know if that's going to be effective over the long haul. I agree. I, I think players want discipline. Uh, truth doesn't matter. I think they want discipline. They need it for sure, but I think the good ones actually want it. They'll tell you that later what on when do? they retire. They'll say, we should, I wish I would have got this. I wish I would have got that. I get DMs every day. I wish you would have coached me, coach. I had a soft coach who allowed me to do everything. I walked all over him. I get DMs like that all the time. It's it's, it's really crazy. Both. It's, it's, it's a balance, man. Like I, I, My defensive line coach at my first couple years at Ball State, Chad Wilt, just got to Michigan State uh, job not too long ago um, as, as a coach there. He was a perfect balance of hard-nosed, discipline. He's going to yell at you, tell it like it is. He was also in shape, so he would, uh, he, he would actually get down and run the hoops and show you the way you're supposed to be doing it with effort. But then he'd also like – be there for you when you if, if we got shit going on at home and talk to you. So I remember when he left, he left Ball State to get like a new job opportunity happened. He called the whole D line in and like got emotional because he was leaving. It, it was real. It wasn't like fake. It wasn't no cameras. It wasn't. It was just us, and we had a tight bond, so it was tough for him to leave. And to this day, I still you know talk to him and contact. But those coaches have the the most the biggest impact on players. And like you said, JB and Steve, like I, I've also had. Other coaches, I'm not gonna say their names down the line though, where they I mean nice guys, you know, Tough, somebody, somebody I can hang out Tough. with and have a drink with, but That's like Larry Coker, you're my leader. You, you can't like my, my I'm a respectful guy, so I'm not gonna cuss you out or do anything myself, but my a lot of my peers and teammates were, and it, and I was a captain, so it now it's almost like I had to be the coach. I, I had to be like, hey man, come on, I, I I hear you, but you know what I'm saying? I had to be the guy, and because you were letting them walk all over you, so. Darnell, yeah, can I tell you something? If I was the if it was the University of Kim, mm. okay, and I was hiring a football coach, and I said, "Hey, describe this guy. Oh, real nice guy. Timeout. That's the first thing you're saying. Oh, yeah, real out, out. <laughs> nope, we're not getting Larry Coker. No players, coaches. Now you're saying, man, this guy's kind of hard and tough. Oh, well, really? Do tell. Look, mm. let me just tell you something. There's never been a big game that has been won where the team celebrates, especially in football, and you guys are high five. And the players and the coaches say, hey, coach, man, thank you for those soft practices. Our finesse game was great. No, no, that's never been said. That has never been said. Um, And you got to be, I, I, people that come through tough coaching are better people for it in life. One of the Mm. funniest Bobby Knight stories, it was in a season on the brink. There's a player by the name of Stu Robinson, kind of a role player, but good enough to be in Indiana. And this is the type of guy Bobby Knight was, that even when he was giving you a compliment, he'd scare the shit out of you. So they're doing a drill or they're in a scrimmage, and Stu Robinson makes a nice defensive play. And out of nowhere, Bobby Knight blows the whistle in the middle of the play, and he goes, God, Stu, do you know what a great play you just made? God, that's one of the greatest defensive plays. You know what? Let me tell you something, Stu. These assholes in the crowd and the media, they don't know what the they're looking at. They wouldn't give you, but I'm going to give you credit. 
goes, Stu, do you know what a great defensive play you just – and Stu goes, uh, no. He goes, well, doggone it, Stu, don't worry, because I did, and that's what's important. And he just whistled him back in, and Stu's like, did I just get a compliment or why? I, when he's scared shitless. But I thought it was hilarious that Bobby Knight was basically saying, I know more about basketball than you, but I will give you credit in due time. Just shut up, listen, and learn, and one day you'll be a productive citizen in America. Unlike God, I missed that. Here. I missed that. God un- bless Bobby un- Unlike Knight. this fat fucking Keith here. This my who, guy. Who says, tough coaching's outdated. Look at Tom Izzo. Hey, Keith, maybe your just generation's just soft as shit. Um, hey, Steve, before we leave, I got to ask you the difference between two things here. The hire in Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts grabs Kellen Moore. Hmm. And then the hire in Pittsburgh that the adapt or die approach of Mike Tomlin hiring Arthur Smith, the owner of FedEx's son. Who is a better hire and who has a better year next year in the in the state of Pennsylvania? I don't know if either one fits their quarterback. Guys, the the Helen Moore fits Jalen Hurts, and does Arthur Smith fit small hands picket? I don't think mm. they do either. Are, are they? Are, is this square peg the round holes? I, like either one. Like if you flipped them, then I'd be like, okay. If you flip the coordinators, and you're like, you know, can we make a coordinator trade? Can we send one? To, I, I just, I don't think either guy fits the particular quarterback. Pittsburgh. Here's the problem with the, the move. with Philly. Pitt- you have an AJ Brown problem. Doesn't he want to trade? Yeah, he's got problems. Oh, they got a locker room problem, I believe. I, I got to ask you this: Who? Pittsburgh has to make a move up for a quarterback, do they not? Right. Well, I, I, look, there's no I love Pickett's this. leading us. We to don't play. know what they think internally of Kenny Pickett. We have our opinions, but maybe they still like him. But I, I don't know. I think he's a serviceable type of guy. Um, but you have an attitude out there with the uh, Slim Pickens. He's always pouting. He's always having issues. I just got uh, He's basically A.B. without A.B.'s production, which is kind of bad. I'll let you be A.B. if you're A.B. from that seven-year stretch. Other than that, you just kind of need to, like, behave better. But I don't know if either coordinator fits those particular quarterbacks, Coach. I'll just – and maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. All right, there's four guys. You got to pick one, all right? I'm going to name these names. Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel, and Dan Quinn. Who takes the Washington Commander's job? You know what? Vrabel. He's another Riverboat Ron mentality, though. I'm with – yeah, but you know what? He's the youngest guy, I think. He's got the best coaching left in front of him. Look, Pete Carroll, if you have a ready-made team that's ready to win, I would take Pete. He's got that enthusiasm. He looks 20 years younger than he really is. Um, you know, chews gum real fast. I still think <laughs> Carroll has that young guy energy. He can relate to guys who are much younger. Okay. But I like Vrabel. I, you need to, and I'm with you. I get it. The kind of the philosophy, but Vrabel to me is a guy that's going to toughen up that culture. There's going to be accountability and he's going to give you a solid football team. But again, it all comes down to how much do they believe in Sam Howell? Don't they need a quarterback? Yes. Yeah. Or do they like Sam Howell? Um, I don't know. It was kind of up and down because yeah. Sam, like, at one point in time, Sam was leading the league in passing yards. Right. And he was, like, playing he, well. Then he, he had some yeah. flashes. Um, and so I, I don't know. Look. Well, that just all ended, Steve. Breaking news. Dan Quinn just got hired as the commander's head coach. Whoa. All right. It is what it is. 
It is so what it is. They just hired him. I don't I don't necessarily like it. I've seen this story before. He doesn't have Matt Ryan sitting there. Uh, I'm curious on what happens there. But, Steve, I appreciate you. Uh, All right, guys. See you next week. On. We'll have to hook up again. What are you doing right, this bro. weekend? Are you going to Vegas? Uh, I am going to Vegas on Tuesday afternoon. I'll be there for the Tiafima Lopez fight. I'll come back Friday. I got tickets, right? Yeah, you do. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yep. Later. Hey. Steve Kim, everybody, pound the like button. Steve Kim. Smitty, we got a lot to discuss. Dan Quinn just took the commander's job. All the jobs are filled. NFL is hired. Everyone's hired. Everyone's filled. Does Dan Quinn go after a offensive coordinator from college just like Green Bay did with a head coach and as his D coordinator? I say yes. I say you're going to lose some coaches. Uh, Dan Quinn just hired in Washington for the commander's. Um, shocks, no shock. What are you, what are your thoughts? Um, not, no, not shocked. I mean, we've been hearing all year, uh, that Dan Quinn was going to be up for a head coaching job. We know that the Cowboys last game defense didn't look good. So he was, you know, you know, catching some of that flack. But at the end of the day, Dan Quinn had a hell of a year overall as a D corner for the Cowboys. So I'm not shocked. Now I get your point that, you know, you go from Ron Rivera, who's already kind of like a defensive mindset to another defensive mindset, but Every defensive mind isn't the same, number one. Number two, beyond X's and O's, it's just a different voice, different type of leadership, you know, different tone, different mo- motivator can, can be what you need to really take those next steps. So um, not surprised, you know, will it be a good hire? Time will tell. It's always hard right now in these early stages to really know what's going to work. I do know Dan Quinn is a hell of a defensive mind. He's proven. Will that translate to the players on the field? We'll see. It depends, like you said, who, who he hires as offensive coordinator, who he – What's the quarterback situation? Do they draft the guy or are they cool with, with how? Um, just, there's so many factors that goes into it, uh, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. It is interesting that he's staying, what, in a, the, the NFC NFC East, you know what I'm saying? So I, that's kind of interesting. He, he knows that that division so well, obviously. Uh, he knows the Cowboys, obviously. So I'm just very interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out next year when he's facing the Cowboys and facing the, the Eagles and those inner division rivals. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if Belichick went to Cowboys and, and ran the D for a year and then took the job, but uh, he wouldn't do that to Mike McCarthy. Um, I, I truly believe that. Listen, let's take a break, Smitty. We got Achilles drunk by the turn coming to us live from the live golf. Golf, center. baby, golf. That's in about 15 minutes. We got a lot of show left. We got some um, we got some other news we want to still break down and break down who uh our coordinators next who's going to be moved around this thing this late in the game uh we're going to dive into that it looks like bill o'brien left to ohio state at the right time he knew what was going on already and that's why he went back to college so we're going to break that down plus we got some other things kd's return to brooklyn dame lillard back in portland uh we're going to dive into those as well. Plus, Tony Snell, very very interesting story out there that I want to break down with Smitty. Tony Snell, former NBA player, has played nine and a half years. He needs to sign with a NBA franchise by tomorrow to get his 10th year of pension, mm. which will cover his son's health care, who is autistic and has a very, very rough situation. We're going to dive into that as well. I got to get coffee, take a piss. We'll be back in four minutes with the Achilles from Drunk by the Turn, live golf analyst, and uh, and then we'll finish the story. Down that like. Pound that like. We'll be back in four. Peace.
Ah, uh, man, what a weekend. Uh, man, you're torn, huh? You're torn. You got like Chargers got to hire somebody. The Rams lose in a in a in a in a horrible <laughs> refereed game. And then you got Ray, and then the Ravens uh, are in the thing and back in the ship. I started this show off very controversially with Matt and Smitty, and I want to know why Mike Tomlin has been taking so much heat every you know three weeks when they lose a few games in a row. And then Harbaugh seems to me that gets he gets like anointed every single year, but they literally have the same postseason accolades, literally. Um, one of them won it in 10, one of them won it in 12. And then since then, they have a literally three playoff wins. Both of them have three playoff wins since 14. Lamar's two and three now in the playoffs since 18. Um, does Harbaugh get a pass where he shouldn't, or do you think no? Ah, uh, shoot, no. I, I, I think if you look at both their teams in – uh the talent on both sides the the talent is out of this world the guys that they've coached and played <clears throat> had under them who played i think the biggest difference is the quarterback of the steelers for all those years and the ravens and the job to still be competitive at times with uh maybe not stellar play for most of the times with with joe flacco so i i think the pass per se is a lot of times the job he's done with what he's had on the offensive side of the ball has been pretty impressive to keep that competitive. Now you can say the same thing about Tom in the last couple of years with what he's had to deal with since big Ben's left. And I, and I'm good buddies with Ben. We'll have to try to get him on. Uh, and I know uh, the ending and, and what was said about him the last couple of years, you know, everyone gets old and, and your time comes, but you need to appreciate what you have because not everyone can do what the these guys have have done, and and uh, fans are always ready to move on to the next next player. But it's the not guy always that's creating an offense that's conducive to Patrick Mahomes to have no wide receivers who have balls dropped at an all time high this year. Why is this not being mentioned? Why do they have a top five defense? Why are the Chiefs? the only team in the NFL this year that has scored more points in the second half versus allowing less points in the second half than any other team in the in the NFL. Is that fucking Patrick Mahomes? Or is that Andy Reid making some fucking adjustments in the halftime? But nobody wants to talk about it because you are fantasy football fans. You want... Mahomes to get you 50 fantasy points, and then he's the greatest ever. But no one talks about Andy Reid making all these fucking decisions in the back room that's allowing fucking counter to be spilled in the second half and that Buffalo didn't counter it. And instead of running the same fucking play on offense, how about you pull the tackle and the guard this time, Buffalo? Because Kansas City just spilled everything to the alley. And guess what you did in the second half, Buffalo? You ran the football for 30 yards. But nobody's talking about that. Guess who won? Patrick Mahomes. Really? Did Patrick Mahomes spill the fucking alley the other day and take on the fucking tight end floater and crash everything inside and stop the run game? 
Or did oh. fucking Andy Reid and the D.C. make some goddamn coaching decisions like they've done all season long with a mid-ass roster? That's what I think happened. Wild man Steve, shut the fuck up. You sound like an idiot. Who's afraid of anybody? Nobody. I talk to Whitlock every day, you fucking clown. Shut up. Stop tweeting at us, too. You sound like a fucking fanboy. Get Whitlock's balls out of your jaws, okay? I go on his show, and he's on my show. Shut the fuck up. You sound like a fanboy. Now, go be a good member and shut the fuck up. Now, drunk by the turn, Achilles joins us next. You see my young, young brother that comes in and covers golf. He knows all things golf. We're going to dive into that as soon as he gets in here. Uh, they're in Mexico with the Live Golf Tournament. Um, so we're going to dive into that. The four aces. Put my four ace hat on. Put my four ace hat on. Uh, put my four ace hat on. Jurgo, Jurgo, that's a transition. That's what we're talking about right there. Uh, we got a four ace hat. I'm rocking for my main man, PP Paparez. So it's DJ Paparez, Patrick Reed, and then they just signed on their team. Um, we're gonna talk about uh, you know, a new golfer that I know very well as well. He's gonna be on the um he's gonna be on the team now. Um you know, and Gooch was on the team. Gooch left, and they replaced Gooch. And now, now Dennis, now uh, DJ Patrick Reed, and now they just got. Um, they had uh, Peter Uline. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he stepped in last year for the second season. But this year they got a good dude named Harold Varner the third. Harold, uh, good brother, I know he's from the Carolinas. He is now the fourth member of the Four Aces, and uh, probably going to help out the short game of the Four Aces. And the Four Aces will probably win a lot of money this year. Uh, here's a mid-average fucking idiot who knows nothing. Okay, golf will struggle because most players are just blah. That's what Chance Makara had to say. <laughs> oh, God. We get the most casual fan. Have you played golf before, Chance? Do you understand how good they are at their professional sport? Do you realize how fucking good they are? I don't believe you do. You have no fucking clue because you've never done anything in your life worth the shit. You... Beat your meat every day. You've done nothing in life. You've helped nobody. And then you're going to come and say, most golfers are just blah. Because you're a Tiger Woods fanboy, and you want Tiger to be the face of the league, and he's not. He's not anymore. He's garbage. He's hurt, and he needs to go away. Tiger Woods needs to go away because he's not the face anymore. And your boy McElroy wants to be the face so bad, but he's just not the guy. So you're a Brooks fan, but most golfers are just blah. <laughs> 
Some of you motherfuckers just be talking, don't you? God, just be talking. Um, I don't get why they be talking so much. Smitty just popped in. He, he he sits behind, watches everything, and he just pops in and just, he knows everything that's going on, by the way. So you don't think you could get anything over on Smitty. He's going to pop in. He'll know everything that's going on. I like to catch you slipping to see, like, you you know, you talking shit, you know. Yeah, you, racist. You, you be racist, baby. But, damn, what the fuck, big Smitty? I'll never fucking be here on early enough, man. I'm about to fire this motherfucker, like, so I can know if I can play my cards the right way. You know what I'm saying? Big Keith just be popping and saying some anything. He 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 talk about everything about every topic and shit. Like, hey, but, he, but every topic, he knows about every time. He, 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 he is smart though. He know he like he, he like a watered down Steve Kim. He know about every topic, every sport. He ain't never watered down. I'm like, a hippo, Steve Kim. But look, you don't ever give recognition to Phil Mickelson. I don't like Phil Mickelson. I have my reasons. I know why things that you don't know, Keith. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. So, why you saying like that? Shut the fuck up. Uh, in the hood smitty that's a call that brings six hood cats to the fucking party with heat you got the all red on why is that because i'm blue (laughs) uh (laughs) we got a lot going on here i got the four aces for my main man drunk by the turn who when he pops in he's been covering my my boys he he made a special thing for 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 my boy pat um yeah they're in mexico they're in mexico and then uh they may go right now Huh? They they in Mexico right now. Yeah, your favorite place. I love it. You said you would never go, so it, I won't go. You know, if your boy said, "Hey, come out here to Mexico and me, support me," Ooh. and Pat and him got security, they know too. And if you go outside where they are, you got problems, Smitty. And that's just the bottom line. Shit, motherfucker, come scary. back just like that. You be scary with it. I don't get why you so scared to do it. Ain't it. Scared? It ain't scared. It is. It's it's. it's it's smart. I'm cool with Mexicans though. They, they they my people. I know some Mexicans. I'm cool. They're with. Not, it ain't about Mexicans. I got I could go over there deep. Mexican homies deep. And we'll all get killed. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> he said we all get killed. He's gonna go over there and get the cartoon. It's gonna tax you. Give me a hundred racks and stay here. Or oh, blah, 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 blah. nah, I don't fuck around. You are going to get your. You gonna get beheaded, like it is what it is. I love, I love how, how we like if we about to say some crazy stuff and we don't want to like really say it. We just. <laughs> oh, you know what it is. I've got caught like I do that like in the real world now. I right? do too. I was talking you, to white the other day. <laughs> yeah. You know what it means. I was at Fox the other day. I was talking to the homie. And I, I, I did that. I was like, he probably don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. <laughs> Because this show is the realest show. You take everything from this show, you take it over to the conglomerate show. I actually brought, but I actually brought the realness to the show. Before I was on, it was like kind of real, kind of fake. You know, it'd be crazy. I brought the realness. Now now, now we're balanced. It's real. It's, it's I got more youth, more black people on the show. It's less red. Yeah, I think I less black people. Uh, race people out, other than Ron. Like I want to bring up the Tony Snell thing with you real quick. Bring this is now nine-year NBA vet. 
uh, vaunted veteran, and he's actually been able to speak about a lot of his personal issues that he has and has had throughout his life, specifically an autism diagnosis that he got later on in life. He has two children that also have autism diagnoses, and he is at nine years of service, and he needs one more year of service, specifically only a 10-day contract for him to lock in basically the health care benefits for the rest of his life for yeah, him so and look, his family. Okay. The NBA is 10 years of service, right? You know, you get 10 years of service, you get some of it. And, and that's the thing that, you know, a lot of people don't speak about uh, with the NBA. It's the, it's the aftermath, you know, the insurance policies, the coverages you get, like the best plans ever in the world. So 10 years of service gets you whatever you want for the rest of your life. You know, that's why guys, you know, he's fortunate as hell if you even play three years in the NBA, come to 10. So 10 years gets you and anyone with your last name health benefits taken care of for the rest of your life. And yeah, we got to get that done. We got to push that. We got to push that straight up. We got to push that. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the NBA does not allow him in. That is what happens in the NFL. The NFL used to be three. I think it's now two for a, ten, for a pension. Uh, I've seen guys kept out of that. But we got to get back to that story because we got our main man, Achille, drunk by the turn, joining in. Um, I think he was there. Drunk uh, by the turn. There he is. He's right on the water. He on the water. Chilling. What's good, my guy? Achille. He lied. He lie. That's him right there. That's him. That's, He's that's, fishing. That's him. Crouched down right there. Um, He's fixing his phone. He was in. He was literally, it looked like he was on a course. Um, We'll see. I think they'll keep him out because they don't want to pay that. Like, that is what I've seen happen in the NFL for a lot of time. I've seen it happen before. I, it's a shitty-ass thing, but at the end of the day, it's a business. What do you think? You think they'll let him in in this soft culture world, or you think they're going to be hard asses and keep him out since they have now kind of reeled it back in for the 65 rule and all this other shit? Do you think they let Snell in to get his 10th year to help with the health insurance policy? I think somebody would pick him up just on, just off one that, but two, because of injuries and, um, you know, connections. Like I'm sure he has a lot of homeboys who's in the league, you know, some of which who might be star or star adjacent players. And we know in NBA, it's a player driven league and stars have power. So if, if there's a couple of injuries happening on the team, you know, here coming up, middle of the season, whatever, and they just need like a, a, a guy who's going to hustle, play some defense, you know, a veteran who, who's smart, I can see him, I, I see him getting picked up. You know, again, only thing he needs is a 10-day. I mean, did, did the cat – didn't he play last year? Or like, was the last time he actually played? I, I think it was last year, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like he's just a guy who ain't played in like a long-ass time and it would be like – it would be crazy to put him on the team. No, it's a guy who's been playing consistently – been you know, so with my main man Joe, the shooter, um, mm. Joe uh, Smith. I mean, Joe, Joe Johnson. Uh, Joe Johnson. Um, mm. What up? What up? What up? Achilles. Yeah. Many thought Achilles was a brother, but he's white, and he from Asia. Hey, where you at? You in Mexico? Uh, not right now. I'm actually going to LA this week, and I'm, I just pulled up to my country club. I was going to chip some balls once I once I got off here and get my game right before I go out there and, and play with some homies. I love how he said he said I put him to my country club. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's how you they, know you balling when you when, when you go there. Like it's it's his now. 
Yeah, I was going to go to Mexico, but my buddy Matt, who he films all my stuff and he travels with me when I go to those things, he, he got the flu, unfortunately. So I kind of looked at it and said, really, there's no point in, you know, spending my money and time if I'm not going to. Might, you might not come back from Mexico. I told Smitty, Smitty can't go over Mexico too often. It is, it is, yeah, yeah, dude, cut him off. It could have hurt off. So look, yeah. Kelly. I'm we going got- there in May, by the way, JB. Huh? I'm going to Mexico in May, by the way. So T's and P's, the big Smitty going over there. Um, Achille, we got we got the uh, live this weekend. What's going on? They tee off today. Uh, today's the pro am, so tomorrow they tee off at at one fifteen. But yes, yeah, uh, they got. I was looking at all the sports books because you know me, I like to gamble. Um, dude, they got Rom at plus four four fifty, I think, on on all the sports books and. The only, you know, the closest odds from that is plus twelve hundred, and I think it's Bryson. So it's like these motherfuckers think Rom's gonna come out hot, like hot, hot. Mm. So it's it's gonna be exciting, man. There's there's I mean anybody, it's anybody's course. Anybody can win. I think uh, Honorbon won last year. He's he's on the Crushers, and then Hal won the year before that. So those are two guys that you know only have one win with Liv, and and they're both at the same course and on the same team. So you know it's. You can't overpower this course, so you gotta you gotta hit your spots. Let me That's ask you not- this: like, who's who's a guy in a tournament who like who's like a sleeper who people may not think he you know he'll come out and dominate, but you, you personally wouldn't be surprised if he came out and, and, and got I'm a win. I'm gonna answer one for him, and that is a brother named Harold Varner the third, because now he's on a team with DJ Pat and Reed. That's he has no pressure, and he's like, oh shit, I, he might be a guy, Achilles. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, no, Harold definitely, definitely could be a guy. I mean, he he looks like he even lost, you know, a couple pounds within the last three or four weeks. He looks he looks healthy, a lot happier. So, um, I yeah, I think you're exactly right. He could come out of the gate hot. Uh, for me personally, I think it'll be Louis Ustizen. Um, mm-hmm. he he's been playing a lot of events this off season. Uh, he's even won one. He's you know, and he's he's been shooting in the in the hot or not hot, yeah, hot sixties. Uh, to even low 60s while, while he's been doing it. So watch out for Louis Ustiz. And, um, he's an older guy, a veteran, but he can still keep up with uh, any of these guys. And he's, he's even shown that in the majors when he's played in them. Before we get to these two first events here in Mexico, in Vegas next week for the Super Bowl weekend, I'll be there. Uh, you're going to be there. I know you got some – some uh, you got a little surprise for Pat and them. Let me, yeah. let me ask you um, – by the way, I haven't told Pat that because he heard and he and I, and I said, "No, nah, I don't know what it is." He's like, "Bitch, shut up!" I said, "I don't know what it is." So yeah. you better not tell him either. Um, no, so look, who do you like? Explain first of all before we talk who you like. Explain the PGA since we're talking all things golf. They signed a money deal with three billion dollars with a group of investors. That was a. That's basically per verbatim exactly what the live does, has done and what they are. Um, but they finalized a group with the strategic sports group. Uh, basically, they're now investors. It's just like, ironically, the live has set the precedent for. So it's obviously copycat because they know they're in dire needs. But this is not a they still have there's still play in there to become one with the live. And I still think that's what's going to happen at the end of the day. But, but what do you think about this? And is it just a a a play to stay alive right now until they figure out what's happening with the merger? I think so because I mean I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't looked too much into it just because all of it's pretty much unfolded here the last you know forty eight hours and whatnot. But 
I think the key thing to look at is the fact that Jay Monahan is still the CEO of, I guess, the Tours Enterprises, which I don't know whose pocket he's in or vice versa or what, but, you know, something's got to be going on for that motherfucker. The board, the board has to be the board. Something because, I mean, this dude single-handedly tried to destroy golf, you know? I mean, Mm. if it wasn't for Phil Mickelson and, you know, Greg Norman, they would have let Monahan keep, you know, money laundering and doing whatever else he's doing because i know even you know in west virginia where i'm at right now uh you know they come play at the green bar every year and there's a reason the pga tour doesn't come uh come there anymore you can look it up you know our current governor unfortunately uh justice and monahan they were you know laundered money out of, out of one of the floor shops up in Greenbrier county uh you know hundreds of thousands and you know they never gave it to any of the charities that were there or sponsored the event or, or any of that and you know that's the reason the, the tour is not there now and a lot of people don't know that you know other than locals and people like me but you know thankfully lives there now and, and they're doing it the right way and you know getting people paid but this uh it's it's definitely a lot to unfold uh I don't know who valued the tour at 12 billion dollars that makes no sense I don't know what's going on with that I don't think it's you know yeah I don't know there's a lot to unfold but you know, the main another main key is to realize that Live is still a separate entity and all of this. So, you know, don't get it twisted like, you know, the PGA is coming over and taking over everything because, you know, that's not happen, happening and it never will. You know, Live will now always have the majority of the leverage and all of a We can't wait to get you on the course, like to show call in live while you're out there with these guys and, you know, walk over there, get Pat on the show, fuck around with him. Because we got Smitty. Smitty's a brother. Smitty don't do golf. Brothers don't do golf. But I want to learn, though. That's why, that's why I'm you glad know, he's on the show. Know, we, we, we call it R-A-C-C-C-I-I-S-S-S, a racist show, because Smitty don't know about golf. He don't do hockey. He don't do a lot of things. So we're going to get him abreast to this new you know, thing. You're, I'm going to get Harold on the show. Varner, he's, he's supposed to be on the show a few times. I'm going to get Varner on. Smitty and Varner can vibe a little bit. We're going to get Smitty inducted <laughs> yeah. into golf. We're going to get Smitty into Why is, Hold on. Why is it Varner? Varner, Varner? Varner's, not a, Varner's not a henny guy, though. He's a straight. He'll drink Miller Lite all night. Ooh, yeah, no, he's a straight country. He's like a Bubba Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a Henny guy. I'm a Jameson guy. You mean Jameson Ginger Ale, JB? You know the vibes with me. Jameson Ginger Ale, I'm good. I'm drinking it all night. <laughs> yeah, we need so to get the, even the four aces. Do you like the four aces chances? We got we're rocking the hat. Our boys play there. Do you like their chances this year or the the new addition with Hatton and, and Rom? How do you like that? I mean, that's definitely gonna be solid. I think, you know, Hatton, he's obviously a lot happier now. Uh that, you know, he's got, you know, he, he made $22 million over, you know, however many years he was on the tour, you know, total, and he just signed for $60 million. Plus, now he gets $120,000 just to hit the first tee, tee shot every weekend. So, and he's playing with his best friend, too. So, it's like, you know, the motherfucker has to be happy, right? Uh, you know, I think that's a team that's obviously going to be probably the the second favorite. But for me, I mean, I'm never going to count the aces out. They've, they've shown that they can win and, and win at a high rate and a high pace. But, for me, it's got to be Team Smash. You know, Taylor Gooch won four individual events last year. You know, he's playing some of the best golf, uh, some of the, you know, better than anybody in the world last year. And then you get Brooks Kepko on his team now, and they're teamed up with, you know, Co-Crack and some other ringers. It's uh, the Smash here, definitely the, the aces of, uh, you know, 2022. They're, they're the team with the X on their back. So I got, I got Team Smash taking it home this year. But, you know, hopefully it is the aces. So, Smitty, so you understand this whole backstory, like, so there's teams in this thing, yep. and then there's certain guys that left the PGA for a bigger bag to come over to the live. 
but the whole ironic story of it all was the PGA guys that have came over originally the PGA was like knocking to live. Oh, you can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Now they're doing exactly what they're doing. So it's like money talks, bullshit walks, and there's going to be some very interesting um, foursomes out there. So Smitty, there's a winner overall, and then there's a team winner concept. And so, so it's always a, a play for it. And in the PGA, Smitty, back in the day, you had to pay to play. So Pat would, all, would have to pay for his own flight, his own rooms, his own board, play two days, and if he did not make the cut, he was out 10 racks right out the gate from flying over there and doing all that. Now the live, just for taking your first tee shot, like Achilles just said, you last place finishers guaranteed get 125000 That's crazy. Wow. So you're yeah. you're making money plus they're paying for everything you go to the Ritz Carlton you're getting uh private jet or you're getting charters flight so you're you're not paying out your pocket no more PGA you came out you had to pay pay to play so that makes no sense difference. either because what like I told people before all of this you know I'm not even going to entertain the Saudi money bullshit anymore because you know who are we to hold anybody as Americans on a moral high ground when. I, hell, I'm on my fucking iPhone right now, and that shit's who knows who knows who that shit's getting made by in China, right? But it's <laughs> it's like, what other sport is? Do you not get guaranteed money to show up and come play? Tell me, please. I'll sit here and wait. Other than other than when Liv came, what other sport doesn't get guaranteed money to play? It, you know, it just it's not how it works. And I and I'm surprised it even took this long to, you know, for people to you know speak up and and kind of expose what the tour did. But yeah, it's thankfully it is the way it is now. JB, could you imagine, like, and I know when, when we were younger in, like, Little League, you, you might have to pay for, like, your pads or whatever, stuff like that. But, like, imagine in college or NFL, we have to, like, literally pay to go on the football field to go, like, like that's that's insane. You know what I mean? Like, the, you know, the cold part is, Vinny, like, these people that talk all this high rural, uh, moral high ground shit, like, janitors go to work, they get paid. <laughs> Like right. in the world, janitors that work in scrub toilets, they get paid to go to work. Right. The PGA was the only entity in the world that you paid to play your job for your job. Like people don't understand that. So when people went to the live, everybody bashed them because it was Saudi and blah, blah, blah. Well, the PGA was backed by Saudi for the last 35 years. Go look up 3M. <laughs> go look up who owns them. FedEx. Go look up all these sponsors. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it, it's insane because the players would have like all got together years ago and like, hey, we're not doing this. There's literally nothing the PGA could have done because the product is the players based upon this. But of course, no one did it. So it's, you know, and, you know, they say they're a nonprofit. But I think, you know, when they went to, you know, court and all that, I think it was, you know, late last year, maybe October, November, November it came out to where the PGA gave, I think, only three percent of uh you know, all their, you know, profit or whatever to charity, like 3%. And they're supposed to be a non, what is it, a non-profit, I think is what it is. But that non-profit, was. profit but the commissioner makes 60 mil a year. Yeah, he made, the year DJ won the Masters, uh, there was only one person that got paid more than DJ that year. And DJ was the best golfer in the world that year. And it was Jay Monahan. How does a fucking mm-hmm. commissioner get paid more than the second best golfer, third best golfer. I don't give a fuck. Last golfer, any golfer. You're a commissioner. You don't play. You know the players make the product and they make the league. And yeah, it's just wild. That's why golf's always been known as an elitist sport. Because you know, if, you know, what about people that can't you know pay to play? Kids coming out of college or you know whatnot. So it's uh yeah now it, it's it, it's definitely the right way now. But it's crazy to think that it was that way for for a while. No doubt. 
Um, all right, you're going to go play, and then next week you're in Vegas. We got to live. We'll have you on Thursday, but I'll probably be there anyway with you, so we may do it live. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm staying with Pat um, at his where he's at, and then uh, I'll be back because I'm having a Super Bowl party. He should stay the weekend and come to the party here. Um, no, I'm down because I'm, I'm actually going back to L.A. Saturday night anyway, so we're going to we're gonna uh, drive up Wednesday night. That way we can be there for the Pro-Am. And then uh, we're going to stay Friday and then head back to L.A. Uh, after Saturday's round and then come back to L.A. for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be around. Save me up. You got to pass my house to go to L.A., so you might as well come out here for Sunday. I'll have a, I'm having a big party here, so we got everything. Entertainment, bartenders, food, drink. What do you mean, by, what do you mean by entertainment exactly? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I can't tell you that. Um, oh, I, I'll be there. <laughs> He's sold. That's all he needs to hear. Hey, Kelly, man, be safe out there. Go hit some balls, and then uh, I will see you next week either way. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, boys. Thank you, as always. All right, brother. All right, peace. Peace. Um, Smitty, so there we go. Um, I, think, I think I'm going to pull up to your Super Bowl party, man. You've been, you've been selling me, man. I'm, I'm going to make sure. It's crazy. I, you don't have nothing else to do, though. No, Even I, I, I know. Tra- no, I, I, I got invited. You should come. You ain't got nothing to do. I got invited to another Super Bowl party as well from some other friends. Before. You go to both. Yeah, but I know because I don't want to miss the fucking game. Like I, I, I watch the Super Bowl. I actually watch it. I don't want to miss Super Bowl the game. parties are not to go watch the game. Like you really gonna sit there and be like, oh, you know it's about. But I want to still know the fuck you going on. I got twenty one TVs playing. I know. No, I love your house. It's my, it's my go. I have a, I have a great time. The you only good. And you're going to be on a 30-inch TV with 30 cats sitting in the living room watching one TV. If you get up from the seat, you know how the hood is. If yeah. you get up to go piss, you lost your seat. Hey, with the TV on two chairs. holding the- you, say, hey. you lost your seat if you get up, too. You yeah. lost your seat. So now you got to stand, and now you're like, like, you don't go to hood birthday. You don't go to hood birthday party. You don't go to hood uh, Super Bowl party. You only go to hood parties if you just a pop-in. You show, give a gift. And then you out. You don't go to really kick it. You come to my crib, 20 TV, you got loud theater outside. We could go wherever you want to go. That you come there. Bro, your crib is off. perfect. You just live so fucking far. It's the only thing. I swear to you. If you That's were the, if you if you were 15 it. minutes, it's like a were, vacation for you. If you were 15 minutes away, I'd be at your house every every it's fucking you get tired of me. It's an experience. It's a getaway. Hey, chat, if JB was, like, around the corner, like, we live, like, 15, 20 minutes away, I'd probably be in my fucking house every fucking day. It's fun as hell. We eat good. It's shit to do with TV. It's just that I have to really, like, plan. Like, okay, I'm going to JB house. Okay, I got to leave at this time to beat traffic. Okay, I got to make sure, make sure my girl got. Like, it's a whole, like, it takes about, two, not two, about close to two hours with traffic and do. So you got to, like, really plan that shit out. And even when it's time to leave, it's like, all right. I could leave now, but this is a traffic bath, so I got to stay out there till midnight, one in the morning, get home at three, got to work tomorrow, got JB show. Like, it'd it be a lot of moving pieces, so that's the hey, only Smitty, thing. I'm going to remove you real quick. I got to tell everybody something. That's why I live far, people. I don't want everyone in the house every single day. That's why I live far. I want to be here alone most of the time. I have parties. It's a getaway. It's a vacation. That is why. Smitty, don't get it. Smitty, so guess what? We're back. We got a lot of shit going on. Uh, love you to come by anytime. Um, all right, so. I saw Jazzy Jazz said she was pulling up. Our new member. Who? Jazzy, the, the 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 CNA, she said she pulling up. Oh, really? So get your mind right. I'm just letting you know that. 
I gotta see. I gotta, I gotta see that. Hey, I gotta see what you got. I gotta see what you got. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jazzy Jazz, drop your Instagram in the. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got about ten minutes, twelve minutes, baby. Home. Baby, Chanel. Ah, she huh? I had to make sure. I make sure. When am I breaking in? I got a big ass crib now. I, mean, I don't be knowing. I'll be hearing say I ain't used to having a lot of space. I got a 400 foot square apartment. He's having like, hey, a big crib. <laughs> my shit, my shit about size you up, about half half your shit almost. You know what I mean? Let's get into some uh we got some couple things left here. Dame Lillard goes back to Portland. This is a difference between football and basketball, okay? Yeah. Dame Lillard go back to Portland. He got a fucking standing ovation for 30 minutes, Smitty. 30? He got a fucking say. He never got booed the whole time. He got a standing ovation the whole time. How many titles has he won? It don't matter. He's a legend. I've been asking a question. How many titles has he won? How many all stars? I know. He, he refuses to answer the How question. How many playoff How series? Many titles has Dame Lillard won? I'm, I just feel me on my point here. I don't think he's brought any titles to Portland. I have to you don't. That. You know he hasn't. You better than that. You're smarter than that. You work at Fox. You do all analytical. You know he has not won anything. So just say it when you know it. It'd be a better show if you just said it when you know it. Now, having said he's won zero, as Smitty just said, he got praised for showing back up to his former place of business. Compare that to the NFL where a guy won six titles at a place called New England, Gillette Stadium, Tom Brady. He got booed the fuck out of in the NFL returning. That's the difference in Kendrick Perkins' point on Pat McAfee. We call basketball players pussies because y'all pussies. (laughs) There's a huge difference. Did you see... Matthew Stafford's whole family get fucking eggs thrown at him in Detroit. And he was, you know, Stafford did a lot for that town and what he meant to that place. They booed the fuck out of his family. Dillard got fucking praise for 30 minutes and he won absolutely zero. That's the point I was trying to make, Smitty, but it's all right. Thanks for, uh, you know, making sure that worked. So look, having said that, Houston, we have a problem, and I have receipts. I believe I was on this show in the beginning of the NBA season and said, this is a bad nucleus. This Milwaukee Bucks team don't work. You can't get rid of Holiday. You got no perimeter edge defender. These guys don't defend, Smitty. But, JB, they're the second-best team in the East. Blah, blah, blah. They're horrible. The East is horrible. Boston's going to bust again in the playoffs anyway. This is the truth. The East is shitty, and the and the Milwaukee Bucks have no defense. They have no fucking clue on what the toughness needs to be when they beat Phoenix in the, world, in the championship two years ago. This isn't the same team. They gained offense but lost culture. They lost toughness. They lost defense. This Milwaukee Bucks team fired the coach with the second best record in the NBA for a reason. There's a problem there, and I don't know if Doc is the answer. 
And I love Dame going back and blah, blah, blah. I picked him on my captain yesterday, and then I lost. I should have known. So what do you got to say about it? Give me your take. I got to hear it. Let's be quick because we got other things to talk about. I want to know. Just go ahead and shit on my take. Let's hear it. Dame did a lot for that city. Was loyal to the soil. Brought uh, some of the, the highest highs, the biggest wins. Got him to a Western Conference final. Lost against a, a great Golden State team, unfortunately. But he won a lot there. Even though he didn't win a championship. And that's how we look at things. It's, it's either it's, it's ones and zeros. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. It's black or white. But no, to me, it's not. There is a gray area. He did a lot for that city, even outside off the court. I have no problem with their with them cheering for him. NBA NFL culture is different. Even the fan culture is different. We hit for a living. Everything we do is physical, it's manly, it's aggressive. So the fans naturally take on that same persona, that same energy. So, of course, when a player sh- uh, returns back to their field, they going to boom. Not because they hate him. It's really because of respect. They boo Tom Brady because they respect him, and they know that Tom Brady actually feeds off that. Tom Brady wouldn't want it any other way, but that's football. That's that's, that's the difference in sports. Let's stop comparing the two sports. Let's stop comparing. They're they not the same. They're not supposed to be the same, and that's what it is, and that's my take. Do you know Spolstra's record since his divorce and since Pat Riley gave him a $120 million deal to basically unbelievable deal. We talked about on the show. What a great move by Pat Riley. Unbelievable owner giving this guy 120 million as the coach so that the wife that got the money from his divorce didn't get any of this money. This money was after the the order. She can't touch the 120 million. He's set for life either way, but he's now set for life for life for life for life. Um he's won one game. One fucking game since they gave him the 120 million. Basketball is pussy, and that is fact. They give guys awards and money and don't play this and blah, blah, blah. The culture shit. They gave that dude 120 millions to what? Lose. He hasn't done shit in how long? I love Spolster to death, but you know what? That's the fucking issue I have every day on this show. Stop paying for what you think they'll do. Start paying what they do do. I am fucking tired of it. Smitty's going to defend Spolster. Go ahead. Spolster's one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's been that way for a long time. He brings out the best of his players. He maximizes the talent, even when he doesn't have the exact talent that the other teams do. He just had the heat in the fucking finals not that long ago with a very below average squad, or just average squad, I'll say, in comparison. So, no, pay that man for what he's already done and what he's proven to be. Next. KD returns to Brooklyn. He ruined Brooklyn's entire franchise along with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. They had a horrible roster. They fucking shitted down their leg. They always were hurt. Kyrie thought it was a flat earth. He wanted to go to Iraq. He did all these things. (laughs) Smitty, go ahead and defend Brooklyn and KD. I mean, listen, KD told... The, the Brooklyn Nets online that they should not do any sort of, um, you know, celebration of him. He didn't want it. I don't know why they were even considering doing it. I mean, if you want to put his picture up there just because he was a superstar, I guess that's cool. But then the day, KD didn't ask for it. So I don't see why we're even putting any negative energy towards KD. KD did not ruin the franchise at all. Just the franchise just wasn't built the right way from the jump. And that's why he, he left and all the other stars left. So next question. 
<coughs> Grant Hill is among <coughs> a group that had bought the Baltimore Orioles. We got to hear from a Baltimore Oriole legend just two days ago who's 86 years old, looks 46, said it was a horrible ownership group. Baltimore Orioles needed to change. Now you made a basketball player part owner. What the fuck are we doing? Smitty, go ahead and defend Baltimore and Grand Hill. It's owners. It's ownership. It's business. Just because you played one sport doesn't mean you can't, in a business sense, be in control of another sport. We see Magic Johnson. He owns everything. NFL teams. He's got the, the Washington uh, the Commanders. He's everywhere. So, to me, this is if anyone's mad at Grand Hill, I think we just sound like a hater right now. And I'm not no hater, so. Next. Uh, you you won't agree with that. All right. Well, <clears throat> a Jackie Robinson trophy was found after being ruined, and they've raised a hundred forty thousand dollar fundraiser already for it. Shout out to those guys who've raised one hundred forty thousand dollars for mm. the award. Clap it up. <laughs> um. All right. Let's play a little game. <clears throat> play a game micah parsons to my poll question will be a bus very soon we talked about it already <clears throat> my unlimited cup ran out so i can't talk about it but have a listen i'm at complete <clears throat> peace you know yeah and and i say that because i don't think i could have done anything more to try to uh win that game and, and that comes to watching film with the other guys in the room saying what I'm seeing, being vocal out there on the field. Um, I was completely at peace because I know I don't have no regrets about how I performed or what I put into the game. And, uh, you know, and I appreciate what really matters. In the day, we were just outperformed, out-schemed. They had an answer for everything. People saying, well, why ain't you go to linebacker? Guess what? The packages are in for me to go to linebacker. I can only play what it's called. I'm not putting out personnel. I've even told multiple players, coaches, that I'm very fine playing linebacker. In playoffs, if that's what y'all want me to do, I just want to win. I do see a Super Bowl in my future. I want to be a Super Bowl champion. I challenge anyone to actually go look at the game film and say that Mike could play his heart out. To go out like that at home was completely. You're a liar. You're lying. I got the film right here. Want me to pull it up? Want me to pull up film? Want me to pull up the film and watch your lackluster, shitty effort, number one, right before the day before you're ready to do your podcast. I think he puts his hand on the ground thinking about what his podcast is going to be like the next day. I got to see him get purely dominated in San Francisco. I saw a Green Bay team that absolutely controlled the line of scrimmage, and Micah Parsons did diddly shit in that game. And watching him track the ball did he was fucking lazy, loafing, lackluster, non-physical. So he just lied to everybody to make a podcast because I have the film. I have the film. I've seen the film. I've watched the film. He is a liar, and I will show you the film. 
So, Smitty, go ahead and defend Micah. Micah Parsons is one of the best football players in the NFL. He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. He's shown that year in and year out. He's been in the conversation for defensive player of the year for the last few years. Um, his guy is still young, still learning, still learning how to be like basically a defensive lineman. Honestly, you know, he's right now he's winning in, in, in pass rush just off pure athleticism. He doesn't even have like a lot of moves or any go-to moves right now. This guy will continue getting better. Um, yeah, I, I do live in an era where you can podcast and play. You can you can do business and play. We see Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl yet again might get another ring and has the biggest podcast out. Jason Kelsey, his brother, biggest podcast out. We see these players have podcasts and still have tremendous success. So so no, I'm sorry, I I, I can't I can't get jiggy with this. Um, I just think this is just, just an old it's, it's an old ass take from somebody who don't like like what's going on now. It is what it is. Can we be honest though? The Kelsey brothers twin, the Kelsey's podcast though has they don't mention players really. They don't, it don't matter. Them. That's not your argument. You they just mad he's doing a podcast because Parsons makes himself look fucking foolish by his takes on his podcast when he brings up players' names and puts them in his mouth and talks about how great he is when he's not. Because I got the film, so I'm trying to figure out. You don't see the Kelsey self anoint themselves. They talk about real life shit, just having fun, jokes. That's why their show's much more successful than most. And Parsons does not. Parsons talks about what we should have did, and we'll beat the Niners if we play again. The Niners ain't shit. Debo's cat. Blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up. You have no humility, homie. You are fucking garbage freak of nature out there. You are a freak of nature who is absolutely non-worry. Offensive lines do not scheme for Michael Parsons. You are fucking mid. You are a freak of nature who is mid. Go be a fucking podcaster. I'm just telling you right now. But what do I know? Me? I don't know because I watch film. I don't Micah's know. Mid. Micah's mid. Yep. All right. You think everybody average. You just think everybody in this generation fucking sucks. Nobody's good. Only good quarterbacks right now is Matthew Stafford and Aaron fucking Rodgers and Tom Brady, even though he's not playing no more. All nobody runs to the ball no more. Everybody's just athletic, but don't but don't don't do nothing to better themselves. Nobody watches film no more. Nobody, all the linebackers are soft. Everybody just suck now. I guess everybody just suck. It's nine oh three, JB. Let's watch it real quick. We got about well, we're past time. We ain't got about nothing. He was about to say it's nine oh three. There he is, Smitty. There he is. This is just a random play. I don't know what play this is, but I'm gonna tell you. He just said that he plays all balls out, balls to the wall. <laughs> JB, stop, man. You no, you got too much, too much knowledge oh, today. I just pulled up a, a one play. I no, said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm no. This play is fine. This play is fine. It's the first play of the game. Okay, watch the play. What do you like? Wait. What? Why does he stop his feet? The play is dead. He's the, back, he's the backside. No, he's the backside not. DN. Gets on the ball. Hits the block. It's dead. So there's no cutback opportunity. There's no. There's no chance that that guy breaks the line of scrimmage and he has to fall, chase him down. All right, coach. All right, coach. You're you come from a coach mindset, so I understand you. There's there's well, you all, there's, a player that played hard, Smitty. I did play hard, but I also no, played D line, and I understand this. that. I understand like there's no point of wasting energy too. Like the, the oh shit, my this god, shit was Why over. Excuses for a no. Mind. That 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 come on, JB. That play was fucking done in two fucking seconds. It was done. Come on, bro. Like, what are we talking about? Like, what like, like. I mean, mediocrity is unbelievable, bro. Fuck. 
Look at, I can watch this all day. You I can are. watch this film all day. Eddie Manyweather, shut the fuck up. I can watch this all day long. That God. wasn't an effort? That wasn't an effort? Here's third down. Third down. Let's watch this. This should be tremendous effort. Third down. He's in a wide nine, Smitty. Wide nine, bottom of the screen. He's got to go. Okay. That's what he did. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are we, that's what I'm saying. We're just saying shit. He got the ball. We got the side. He did it. He, 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 he shot. Okay, he didn't win, but he you see, we're talking about effort. He he lined up in a wide nine. Why'd he do that? To make the tackle jump out and overset so he could come back inside. The reason why it didn't work is because the running back timed it out and chipped him. The running back don't chip him, he would he would win. I played D-line. I know exactly what he's doing. He's setting his ass up, using his speed to make him overset. Watch, watch, no, let it play. Let it play from that from that visual. Look, it's a new play. That was the first down, new play. So now since he's getting chipped, this play he was a little hesitant. He's like, all right, fuck. <laughs> This motherfucker. It's I'm just watching up like wait, wait, wait. You, he has no motor. Remember, Smitty, you, you, and Eddie Manyweathers of the world said this is the next LT. I didn't say nothing about no LT. This you, you did thing. it, but I'm saying the generation has said this is the next LT. Okay, and let's go. You and, think right, LT go, and go, and go like pull up, this? go pull up LT film, and, and don't, don't, don't pull up, don't pull up LT highlight tape. No, go pull up LT film like you're doing right now. And I would. No, no, I no, no. Let's do it, please. Let's please find a way. Use a connection. Let's go through every single. Let's, go, let's pick up a game and go through every single LT play, and let's nitpick everything. Let's Jay Earn. Jay Earn said, "I'm a let's narcissist because I showed him the truth that his fucking hero that does podcasts is a lazy fuck who wants more money and wants to do more podcasts. I'm a narcissist, Jay Earn. Really." How about you're just a fucking pussy who can't handle the truth about one of your fucking heroes that's a garbage-ass mid-bus? How about that, Jay Earn? How about this, Smitty? Hell yeah, hell nah. We'll end the show because we got to go. Smitty got business to work on. Let's do it. Um, I, real quick, too, Smitty. Please explain to Jay Earn that when we watch film, we don't pick out the best plays. We watch film so we can get better. We watch films to show what he's doing garb, like he, what he's actually struggling at. We're not a highlight filmmaker. We're showing you real fucking football plays, you dumb fuck. So here we go. Hell yeah, hell no. Nah. NBA is right with the miss game rule. Oh, hell yeah. I love the rule. It, for, it forces players to pay, uh, play through hurt and pain. And if you don't, then, hey, you ain't going to reap the, the benefits. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah, hell nah. I say hell yeah. Hell yeah, hell nah. The NFL Pro Bowl needs to be eliminated altogether. I mean, I'm not going to watch. So, I don't really give a hell. But I say hell nah. Make your money. You know, that's the reason. And I'll say this. I do, I do enjoy sometimes like the, the little uh, little challenges they do before the actual game. You know, the quarterback will, will do certain shit. Will try to like hit a target. You know, they'll do like, a little obstacle course. Like that shit's kind of cool. I think I think they do like a forty yard dash now. That that stuff is kind of cool to watch. But so I, I would say hell no. I'm not a big fan of. But I mean, why cancel it? Hell yeah, hell no. The Cowboys will never win another Super Bowl in our lifetime. In your lifetime. Hell yeah, my lifetime. Hell no, I think they'll get one. That's fucking I, racist, ageist, sexist, all that. 
I mean, you almost 60. I'm I'm saying I'm 30. So I mean, Laura Willing, as long as I'm nothing crazy happen to me, I got another shit. 50 some years. No, Eddie Manyweather, the, the Cowboys will never win a Super Bowl in my fucking lifetime. I know that much. Hell yeah, hell no. Nah. The Milwaukee Bucks will win it all. I'm putting Smitty on the spot. He knows they can't win it all. He just no, like I re- no, I really don't. This no, I swear to God, I don't. Because the best teams right now are like young teams who are unproven. So I I can't trust like like the the Timberwolves. Wait, they balling right now, but I don't trust them to win it all when it really matters the most. But you can never sleep on Denver. I can see Denver repeat. I think it's gonna be Denver and the Bucks in the, in the championship. It doesn't matter who's gonna win it. It's hard to repeat. So I'm gonna say hell yeah, actually hell yeah. I think the Bucks is gonna win it all this year. Like, tell me a team that you feel confident. Are you you trusting the Celtics? We've been down that road. No, but Philly, I, I Philly, Philly, we've been down that road. Milwaukee, though, ain't even top. Milwaukee can't beat Pacers in a seven-game series. They can't beat – Bro, Pacers not – They can't on, beat bro. the Celtics in a seven-game series. They can't probably beat Philly in a seven-game series. Yes, and they, they probably, have, they to be honest, them. once Miami figures it out, probably wouldn't beat Miami in a seven-game series. They're not figuring out. Miami's talking about trading fucking Jimmy Butler, I saw yesterday, potentially. So, the, Miami's fucked up right now. So uh, that's what I'm saying. It's not even about how Butler great and the Lakers. Butler and the Lakers. I love that actually. That would make hell me hell yeah, yeah, hell nah. The most critical hell yeah, hell nah, possibly in the history of the Coach AB show with Big Smitty. Say that one more time. Everybody, pay attention and listen to this. Hell yeah, hell nah. Taylor Swift will get a Super Bowl ring if the Chiefs win it all. Hell yeah, hell no. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Swifty Nation is coming through. They're going to love it. She's going to get a ring. She's going to post her picture like this with her fist out and the ring shining. And Trevor Travis is going to be next to her, like looking at her. And they're going to say, we're going to Disneyland. We're going to Disney World. It's happening. Cut this clip, Bailey, and just say, don't post it, but just have it saved, like, 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 like in the archives. And just post that motherfucker the day before the Super Bowl. She will get a ring, and Travis and them will kiss on the field with the confetti coming down. He's going to look into the camera, and he's going to say, you got to fight for your right to party. Disney World, we're on the way. Swifty Nation, we're coming. This is happening. Posted the day before Super Bowl, y'all. You heard it here first. Coach JB Show. Hit the like button, man. Donate tickets. I'm about to cut out, man. JB, you got one final word? Tomorrow, don't miss it. We're going to start the show off with Cam Newton calling Brock Purdy not even in this top 10 49ers right now. He's not even on the top. He's not even a top 10 player on the current 49er roster. We're going to dive into Cam Newton standing on business. I'm so glad he's still keeping that energy that he said that he's a game manager. We're going to break that down tomorrow. We got a lot more to talk about. Jamal Crawford we didn't get to. So has an interesting take. Plus, we'll probably see some coaches that Dan Quinn hired by tomorrow. We'll break that down. All that and more right here tomorrow on Free Game Friday. Big Jeff Nadu joins us to talk about the Super Bowl opponents, about the breakdowns of all the games, plus some college basketball picks right as we get closer to March Madness. He's going to start diving into college basketball. So all you better betting heads out there, Jeff is a big-time winner in college hoops. We're going to break that down as well. Don't go anywhere. God willing, we'll be back in about 21 hours. And uh, Big Smitty, much love. We'll see you tomorrow. And – with the unlimited cup, you can buy at CoachABStore.com, and it has heating, air conditioning, unlimited fluids, 
All that on CoachABStore.com. And you can also help support Smitty at his event in Indianapolis. You can buy tickets. We posted it in the chat. Uh, head on over there as well. You got Justin Jefferson, T.O., all kind of cats you can go meet. Uh, you know, thanks to Smitty's homeboy for the, for, the, for, the, for the Vikings that he got all those guys to come. Go check him out. Be there. Be square. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Missing. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missing. We switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB.